Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode one of God of War podcast, a weekly gathering of friends and peers for the discussion, speculation, and in-depth analysis of Sony Santa Monica's upcoming father and son odyssey and masterpiece in the making, God of War. I am your regular host, Albert, and today I am joined by my co-host. Please introduce yourself, Cygnus slash Ilias. Yeah, hey, everyone. So I run a YouTube channel um, that's all about analyzing God of War content. Um... Yeah, that's uh, pretty much what I do, and I'm here with Albert to answer a few questions and to discuss some of the things that have been covered by Game Informer, and uh, just pretty much all the news that we've uh, we've read so far. That's right, absolutely. It's a great pleasure and honor and privilege to have you on the show. Um, we have said many times in our sort of posts that we consider you to be, uh, you know, the preeminent uh, God of War slash Norse law uh, scholar and uh, like analyst and and sort of that main go-to destination for that content and for those um, for that so that level of depth and, and comprehensiveness. Um, so it's it's a it's a great. Uh, a, a great uh, feat of the cosmos that you were able to um, come onto the show, and that uh, we we managed to meet um, through this mutual, um, this shared uh, passion and and um, an engagement with this subject matter. And yeah, it's a great pleasure to have you on. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be on here. The feeling is mutual. Sure. Um, this is my first podcast, um, and you know I'm ready to just kind of go into the finer detail of everything I've discussed in my videos so far. So this is awesome. Awesome, man. Absolutely. All the way mutual. Um, so yeah, so for our new listeners, this epic saga, born from the ashes of tragedy and grief and led by the promise of regaining a god's long-lost humanity through his fate-chosen son, set amidst the snow-capped valleys and fire-lit, rune-carved forests of Norse myth, truly marks a landmark evolution in, and genuinely represents the ultimate embodiment of, the maturation and growth of the interactive medium. Beyond being simply the next chapter in a long and winding tale, God of War is the full realization of an entire real-world mythology, one long deserving of a portrayal of the highest quality, nuance, and respect. And so, a long-forgotten, timeless tale is set to unfold. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. Fantastic. So, Ilias, this is episode one. We do have a pretty grueling period of potentially three to four months ahead of us of... Uh, leading into what this release is going to be. I mean, I'm thinking immediately of your video when you said you started seeing ads for the game on the sides of buses. Like, what could we be seeing ramping up towards release, in your opinion? Um, yeah, of course. So, to be honest, what I would want to see, first of all, is kind of a trailer to go with the release date. More specifically, kind of a gameplay demo, actually, because um, I think that in terms of story, they've already kind of made it clear that they'd rather show as little as they can. So I think that we should see, like, 
you know, some sort of an action set piece or just more of the moment-to-moment gameplay, seeing what the gameplay is like, you know, in the final build, because we haven't really seen too much of that. I've kind of gone on about it a bit in my videos, but like, I do feel a bit disappointed about not seeing more of what's going on moment-to-moment. Um, I think the only thing we've really had so far was the um, segment from Paris Games Week, uh, because, I mean, there is the gameplay demo from E3 2016, which is like, what, nine minutes long? But the way that demo plays out won't be in the final game. I think we'll see that setting for sure. Like, we'll probably, like, wander around it, Mm. like, fight drag or whatever but it's not going to play out like that in the game so i want to see more of what they're going to offer and i think they really need to convince people that um even though this is a reimagining and it's very different to what they've loved before they need to convince them that it's still worth so even though pre-orders are low i think they can easily combat that by just showing like more gameplay so what i think they need to do is just to show more gameplay like just have that maybe not a trailer um I'm fine with them not showing more of the story because that gives you know people like me more to speculate on. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that for sure. They might just come out with a big trailer um, and then have a release date at the end of it, at the end of this month. That's probably what's going to happen. And then I think they'll start to give... Um, they'll start to get more press in to do a hands-on and to kind of tell people what it's like to play it. Because I know some people still have reservations about what it's like to play with the axe. Mm. Um, Personally, I'm not worried. Um, I think that it will be a worthy replacement for the blades in the sense that like the idea of just having it come back to you whenever you throw it is really cool. And it's, you know, it's probably taken them hours and hours and hours to get that right, but it's definitely going to be worth it because they've already talked about how whenever they get it in the hands of people, um, they never stop doing that. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they keep just, throwing uh, it, yeah. <laughs> they just keep throwing it, calling it back, and then yeah. like that's it. Like, I wanted they, to... they just do that for hours and they don't know. <laughs> I know, and you see it in the videos too. They talk about it and and how like I mean I think it was on the uh on the sort of behind the curtain panel, you know, and it was like it was actually getting on the programmer's nerves slightly that Corey is just every time he's like just we just keep on throwing the damn axe because like oh i'm just checking for collision and he's just literally just throwing it but again i think uh the uh um one of the animation directors mentioned on the latest video that it just all that means it's just a symptom of people gelling with the new with the new setup and again with this sort of bold new beginning that it represents you know it it is to an extent and i mentioned this in the letter i sent to sony santa monica which little brackets i'll just include here what an awesome company i mean i love them already so much but to see them you know respond and then say all these things about like what they'll be able to do for us and just and like actually engaging with us and and like talking with interactive artistry it's like what you know that's amazing um but uh, i wanted to say like uh it's it's just a sign that their their risk taking has been rewarded you know and i and i and i and i i see this reflected in your content too because you know you have this great awareness probably greater than me of of the previous titles and you also always um you know put this latest title in context of the others and i love what you what you said in your earliest videos about wanting to see um sequence where we do see uh, younger atreus sorry younger kratos with like you know a flashback and and see that reconstructed and as you saw as you mentioned in one of your early videos there's a a distinct possibility that we'll be seeing um this new engine you know something from the older games narratively being recreated in this one but i gotta say like and i'm gonna throw this to you actually uh (laughs) pun throw it to you like an (laughs) x yeah then call it back yes and then call it back um what other axes that have that boomerang kind of feel like what axes out there like and i was just like hold on i was walking home today i don't think i've known one is there like some media that i'm missing out like a gi joe character or something is this purely unique of like a character that throws a full-sized axe that actually returns to him like a boomerang that's unique isn't it 
yeah, I've never seen it before, but this is why I think that it will be a good replacement for the Blades because for them, it's pretty much um, a new start. They're trying to do what they originally did with God of War back in 2005. Yeah. And I think that the fact that we constantly keep getting these leaks of March the 22nd, I think kind of hammers that home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very unique thing, just like the Blades were when they when they first brought that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget that fresh sense of power that they gave you, you know, especially with the Hydra. Like that segment with the Hydra in the very first game was so cool. Like yeah, that was absolutely. when I'd realized that I played something special. Like I went <laughs> I went back to my like I had to like pause the game for like half an hour and be like, holy shit, what did I just play? I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so good. Like it had such a big impact on me. So I really hope, well, from what we've seen anyway, because they're taking such a unique um direction with the axe um i think yeah it's 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 very unique i've never seen it done before and i'm definitely going to be one of those people that just constantly throws always it. like throws it brings it back to me <laughs> all but day let's, let's just <laughs> annoy people with it <laughs> yo yo we need yeah. to get we need to get a t-shirt petition happening where it's just literally you know this the silhouette of like like uh, kratos um throwing his axe and it's just like like <laughs> i'm throwing that axe all day <laughs> you know it's just like yeah. why, why, why it's, stop it's, <laughs> you know it's such a cool concept because yeah. like they were also talking about how let's enemy with a shield right and you're having trouble like breaking down that shield they said that what you could do and then call it back to you so that it hits the enemy's back yeah i know (laughs) i was like holy shit like if you could that that sounds amazing like i would love to see that in a gameplay demo yeah this is really cool like the you can really use it in in ingenious ways so yeah yeah, i'm all for it man absolutely i mean i you know again just through having this conversation with someone like kindred like-minded you end up sort of having these rifts that sort of pop up i mean we've we've seen in that esrb kind of um uh you know spiel that you sort of broke down quite quite well and deftly on your video about um you know the like the axes and, and sort of like how many and it sort of did this explain i think it was in the esrb uh, explanation about um uh about like the weaponry that we'll be seeing and it did mention chains but that's again i really agree with you that it is about the the flashback but you immediately made me think what if we could be seeing like like if he does come across possibly another of the you know Holdra brothers you know creations you know, another or, or or something along those lines that it's an axe that has this similar ability to Mjolnir and to Leviathan of being recalled, could we be seeing? And now I hope you're sitting down for this, Elias. Could we be seeing dual wielding like two of these damn things, like throwing both and then recalling both and catching both, and then it's like like blades of what? Like who cared about those? Like this totally outdoes that. How amazing would that feel? <laughs> Oh snap! I didn't even consider that. I know <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe like halfway through the game, you're like, I don't know, they, or maybe they construct it for you. They, yeah, they like make another axe that can also be recalled back, and then you have two. That's right. Yeah, that'd be that'd be so cool. Yeah, for sure. I'll put it here out here for, uh, out there for the listeners. I'm I'm pretty sure I'll maybe put on a poll, uh, but uh, the uh, put up a poll on Twitter. But like, I'm pretty sure that the narrator of the uh, Call of the Wilds is Sindri. Oh, look at that! The, uh, that fight. <laughs> you know, I love that. Oh guy. yeah, yeah, with his accent. Yeah, he has like a Scottish accent, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He does. I dig it. Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah. So good. Well, listeners. Um, yeah, just after our kind of initial little sort of uh, just intro and catch up type thing, we we like to sort of slide into what we call sort of a loose structured or as naughty dog would put it a sort of wide narrative approach to our episode so i have um Ilias has mentioned that he'll he'll be able to um uh, stick around for the next um uh, hour and a half i think we've cut in a little bit and you said two hours originally but we'll see how we go um so listeners the structure of our sort of 
ongoing show and you better believe we have nine segments right <laughs> nine worlds nine segments we have our overview of what we'll be covering the week um that week or, or this this episode which i'm kind of doing right now um after that we'll have sort of a little breakdown of the latest news which like newsflash breaking news just as we were started recording stone maze edition make sure you go and uh either pre-order it via gamestop where i it, it's i believe it's exclusive for now is that right Ilias? Um, yeah, I think it's only available there to pre-order for now. Yeah, well, that just happened now. So if, if you're in the US, definitely go ahead. Or, or if you're like me, you'll um, find other ways. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, and, and then, so, yeah, that's sort of the main thing there. So we'll cover news and, and some of, want to kind of get uh, um, Ilias's uh, or Cygnus's. Uh, well, okay, what's the official, what do I call you? We'll call you Ilias. How's that? Yeah, you can call me Elias. Elias, fantastic, and we'll get his um, sort of expanded thoughts on his most recent, uh, you know, reportings on on um, on Game Informer and such. Um, so that'll be the news. Um, then we'll have our Reddit readouts for anyone who sort of jumped in and commented in the post, like usually with Interactive Artistry before we record an episode, we do a dedicated post so that people can kind of gather together and I sort of say comment what you'd like below and we'll bring it up and I'll ask um, Elias any questions that you might have for him, and so we'll address that. Then we have. Um, yeah, uh, our main topic discussion, or rather, yeah, so there's Reddit readouts from, from the Reddit itself, looking at if there's any major content there, not as such for now, because we're still ramping up to release. Um, so that's that, then obviously reading out those comments, then we'll have the main topic, which for this will basically just be interviewing um, Cygnus and um, getting his thoughts on this new approach and this new beginning, hence the episode title, A New Beginning. Then we'll have a little, if we have time, uh, every week we'll try and give you guys a little, guys and gals and all of you, a little snippet of Norse lore, um, which we figured there's no better place to start than with the creation myth. But again, we have to be mindful of time and how much sort of, again, we are really loose and sort of casual with going on tangents as naturally as they may come. So there's no sort of enforced like segmentation like that with our shows. It's sort of, we sort of let the subjects breathe and stuff to make it feel more just so that it is natural. Um, then at the end we have community suggested topics uh, from any of the other outlets like Instagram or Twitter. Um, so and then we have sign off. So let's crack on with our first kind of segment, which we talked a little bit about in the pre-show, which I'll attach later in the you know after the sort of end outro because um, I want to include some of the stuff. Um, as well as being able to hear my frantic um, <laughs> pre-recording, uh, you know, pre-ordering of the Stone Mason edition, I'll, I'll include that there because um, Ilias did have quite a few uh, little ditties there about um, the road ahead. But um, so yeah, so we we we're basically just starting this journey, as I mentioned, um, Ilias, and uh, it was really good to get your thoughts on. Um, on, on, on the road road ahead but and you mentioned some of the things you specifically wanted to see but uh, what do you think of what has actually been released um i mean I'm, i suppose i'm going to be talking about game informer what of all of the footage and and all of the content of game informer like passing that out what sort of has struck out to you um and so um stood out to you the most uh yeah so first of all i think it was the 102 rapid fire questions with Corey. i loved it um, so I want to kind of use that to segment it into a topic um, that I've discussed in my videos, which is the identity of Atreus's mother. So in that video, um, I think he gets asked, is Atreus part God? Mm -hmm. And he says yes. And then someone's telling me, oh, that means that his mother's a human or whatever. And then I'm not really sure what to think about it because mm. she's not someone significant. Why would they keep her identity secret? yeah like why would they build up her reveal if she's just a human i mean humans definitely did exist in the pre-migration era mm. and in the creations you know make them but um i 
I don't think I'd be on board with her being a human. Um, I mean, I'm not subscribing to that theory. It might be true. Mm. Um, but I think that she might be Hathor. Oh, I think that's yes. the prevailing theory for me right now. Because, you know, you have that ancient Egyptian statue um, in the E3 2017 trailer. Um, and even when you read up about her, you can kind of see how she falls in love with Kratos. They get together and they have a child. Right. Um, but again, like some people are saying, you know, the response to that video is actually more lukewarm than I was expecting. <laughs> so like, yeah, because some people are like, no, 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 I want them to focus on Norse myth only and blah, blah. I'm like, this is so cool though. Really because is. like, it's instead of just like kind of hinting that there might be other mythologies out there, if you really want to bring that to the forefold and kind of say, you know, this time we're not just going to give you notes. We're not just going to give you paintings. Like we're actually going to have a character. Like, I mean, the focus is still on Norse mythology, Norse law, but, um, you know, it's still nice to have, you know, a character from another mythology to kind of really instill, you know, that notion of there being other yes. threats up. Absolutely. So, and I agree with everything you said about the, was it the, the snow leopard? What was it? That creature that you the called? Oh, the sepapids. Yeah. The um, sepapid, yeah. Yeah. So, I, apparently that might be a lindworm. So, so to be honest, to me, I think the idea of it being a sepapod is way cooler uh, because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, a kind of like they they kind of represented the chaos that existed outside of Egypt, and they were also nicknamed um, a word that means one who travels afar. So it would make sense that they're yeah. in the Norse lands. And to be honest, it was because I thought that the creature had um, spots on its skin, but then when I showed it to other people, they were like, "No, it has scales." <laughs> um, and even in the video, someone was like, no, it's a lindworm. So I was like, oh, okay, so maybe that's what it is. I mean, I would love it to be a sepapod, but apparently it might not be. Oh. I'm very confident that Hathor's in it, but I'm not sure about the sepapod. It's a cool idea. Mm. Um, I'm on board with it, but like other people were like, no, um, you know, it's a lindworm and, you know, we only want to fight Norse creatures in this game. Yeah. Uh, so it might be a lindworm. It, could, it, it might still be a sepapod, but I think the chances of it being a lindworm is much higher. Right. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I wanted to say, like, I'm speaking about your theories on Hathor and who the identity of the mother. I'll just kind of throw my, uh, you know, two cents in. It's, um, it's interesting. I, I think that just speaking kind of just narratively, I, I kind of try and sort of put myself in that, in, in their sort of, uh, in the headspace or heart space, or whatever with, with creating this narrative. And, um, and I think about most, what would be most effective for, for you know, like what would, what would, generate the most emotion um and so thematically with with kratos essentially retreating and, and like escaping this there's this um you know it's alluded to in the trailer with the witch of the wilds um the the character who says um you know the gods will find you like and they will so she just sort of underlines that and and it won't like it, it'll create trouble for you and so the the implication is find implies having hidden away because you can't you don't have to find something if it isn't hidden so or or some distance away so and then we have kratos and atreus's sort of isolated cabin and it's fairly easy we can make a fairly um solid deduction that uh he's 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 sort of he's retreated here and he's trying to have a quote-unquote normal life um and thematically it would fit from one point of view to have um like well say again using the an analogy of like kratos as um kratos as biker or like person who has had super intense like brawling party violence filled life who would he want to kind of settle down with and who who would be able to understand and connect with him that's the thing this is the crucial thing from the normalcy point of view i believe human but from the from the point of view of who would be able to actually connect and and basically quote unquote tame 
Kratos, I don't think, and this isn't to discount like the, the, the capacities of humans, but I just think purely to with, withstand and, and get Kratos to this stage um, emotionally uh, and as a, as a man, as a father, uh, eventual father, to be able to um, be around that sort of person, I think a god... Or, or in this case, a goddess would totally fit for that, yeah. and um, and that polarity to kind of uh, counteract. And Hathor, isn't she the goddess of love? Yeah, yeah. There you go. And fertility, and like motherhood, and like all the stuff that's yeah. associated with being a mother. <laughs> and and everything that Kratos, and that's the thing with you know, um, and this is dipping a bit into kind of relationship theory and like cultural observation. But what tends to be the case is that without being fathered, which is one of the quotes that Chris Judge, who's playing Kratos and doing the voice uh, performance capture um, that he alluded to in, in one of the E3 2016 interviews, is that he's never been fathered. He's never been given that nurturing. And there's the keyword nurturing, right? So mm. to, to get to this point where he's literally, I mean, we, we, it's, it's, you know, we still have it in, in our consciousness of this is the guy who's ripped heads off. Like he's an exceptionally, exceedingly violent person, at least in his past. Where would, what, what, needed to have happened who would he have needed to meet um to to balance that out to get you know he's he is the god of war and that's one sort of like like paradigm that that he represents to 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 rise up and meet that and then be able to quell that and balance that out you would need someone of equal of equal status i think or or, or equal um uh you know um yeah with equal affinity for and just like that elemental so it's like the elemental the elements balancing each other out so i think the the goddess of love theory would be beautiful i think it would be very poetic to be like well it took it took literally the, the goddess of nurturing to be able to crack through that sort of very thick uh wall of defensiveness of jadedness of abuse and trauma that kratos had sort of built around himself to be able to even get in there explore that find that place where even the idea i mean think about like he's got his family's ashes grafted to his skin right yep what would needed to have happened for him to even consider re-entering that like entering that vulnerable space again of even in his kratos kind of gruff kind of way entering that vulnerable space of having a child again you know i think that's going to be a huge um, portion of the narrative of like how how would you i don't think we'll just be introduced to it and it's just a given um i want to feel that to you actually how do you think that'll be approached and, and you can even go with your hathor theory as well no, I, I totally agree with you because, um, you know, we need to think of a person that would, you know, let him open up again. Yeah. Uh, because Corey did speak about um, sort of what happens after the events of God of War 3. He was being very coy, but he was saying that Kratos decided to isolate himself and that he was alone for hundreds of years. Mm. Well, it seems that way anyway, because he looks older. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's just the impression that I've got. So, I mean, it needs to be someone um, who could kind of, in theory kind of let him open up again and um you know um i just think that if he's going to be if he's going to be isolating himself for so long thinking that he deserves it yeah. because you know at the end of god of War three he sacrificed himself he tried to kill himself because he believed that's what he deserves and then when that doesn't work out for him and he becomes essentially cursed to walk the earth forever um, you know, being forever haunted by these nightmares. He thinks that's what he deserves. He doesn't. So, so I think, yeah, we definitely need someone um, that could let him open up. Thing is, the reason why I wouldn't necessarily be a fan of it being a human is because 
why would they keep her identity so secret? Like, it's got to be building to something significant. Like, they're being, like, I mean, I could understand maybe the E3 2016 demo, not really saying who she is, because yeah. they probably wanted to shift the focus to the new direction and to the relationship between Kratos and his son, right? So that's pretty much signifying the main thrust of the game itself. Mm. So I could understand keeping it secret there, but, like, I mean, getting this far and not knowing who she is, yeah. I think really... You know, they're trying to hide it, but there has to be a reason. It can't be like Star Wars, where yeah. you get like this really big build up in The Force Awakens, and then you find out that Rey somehow comes from nowhere. Like, yeah. as in her parents are nobodies. And I just felt like that was, in fact, my biggest disappointment about the film. That's a whole other bag of cats. <laughs> it, it would be very is, yeah. similar to that. Like, I would feel very similar, where it's like, yeah, they're building this up in the same way that Rey's parentage is getting built up. And then you find out that she comes from nowhere, and then you find out that his mother's just a human. <laughs> it's like, okay, but could have just told us that from the beginning oh but Ilias, we, we, we already know it's going to happen it's just going to be you know kratos sorry atreus he's going to find a mirror he's going to stand in front of the mirror and it's just going to be a, a series of reflections i'm kidding i'm kidding um, <laughs> no I, I think i think you know i mean i want to say this about like Corey and um and i mentioned it earlier in the show that like he did go on his own strange kind of quest of just going outside of what he had grown up sort of and, and become associated with with the greek mythology and everything he did this irl in real life like he went and and um you know essentially sort of tutored underneath under uh you know george miller and, and sort of um uh you know participated in that uh, that time of you know you know fury, fury road being developed and 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 when i think of that i mean i think he's like mad max as well he's haunted by his memories you know and and like and that's that, like there's there's a great balance in that film I think when he keeps touching back on he says you know Mad Max I was inspired by Neverending Story Road to Perdition as you mentioned mm-hmm. in your in your videos man um, that it's like some of the, those have mystery but they're not frustrating mystery and and think of like a Call of the Wilds like that that painting that was done it's got Atreus out front with his toys and then in the doorway you see the silhouette of the mother like it's really being alluded to and built up and I don't think that yeah, yeah. he would he would um, just make that insignificant uh, or, or or rather or even worse not 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 address it at all i really do that's why I, i'm quite quite wrapped up in your hathor theory man and again it would be mm. a great way of dovetailing as they've been mentioning um and a great way for them after release to be like hey look at what, that's what we were talking about back in the game informer talking about mayan mythology talking about uh, egyptian mythology there you go you know want to talk about the benefits of going to Scandinavian mythology. What does it afford you guys that you didn't have before? Snow. Snow. <laughs> you mean the, the, the musical artist from the 90s, no. Snow? Yeah, I would say uh, levity. You know, like that was an interesting aspect of, of the mythologies as I started researching them. Greek, obviously very tragic, very serious, somber. A little bit of humor, but not much uh, at all. But Scandinavians, their mythology is is weird, man. And it has their sort of strange, irreverent sense of humor. I felt like it was a good match for what we needed here, which was this isn't a comedy game by any stretch, but because of the subject matter, because of the length, I knew I wanted to have something where we were okay to have fun with it, you know, and, and not just always be... Right? We could be Marvel Universe instead of DC Universe. 
Is it stressful, Shannon, to be in those early discussions about where to go next? Is it more stressful or exciting to like lock down on this is the mythology? It's all stressful, yes. especially working with that stressful. guy. Stressful. No, I think it was exciting um, for all of us, and you know the anticipation. Where is that going to lead? You know, I look back, and as stressful as it is to be able to make that decision on our own with very little influence from you know anyone outside of these walls, we're really lucky. And, you know, the fun and the excitement that go along with it, we're, we're always having. So as hard as it is, as stressful as it is, as much as we bump into each other or butt heads, I think we look back and it's all worth it. Certainly today when we look back at a four-year-long journey of getting where we are. It seems so much easier back then. <laughs> yes. You know, like it's stressful at the time. You look back and you're like, man, that was the easy part. If you're a huge God of War fan, back in 2010, there's an interview where at some point it came out that David Jaffe originally envisioned this eventually bleeding over into Norse mythology. Can you talk about your guys' choice versus that rough roadmap that seemed to be circulating out there? No, there was, yeah, there was a lot. I mean, it's interesting because uh, even in the first game, it felt like Dave had a lot of like avenues of all the places you could go. It's kind of like somebody who goes in and touches all the food <laughs> and says, nobody <laughs> after me can make any decisions or have any of this because it's all mine. Uh, but yeah, he had a, a bunch of thoughts. I mean, we had several discussions where it was like, you know, the thought of Kratos graduating on and, and connecting into even sort of Christian uh, religions and connecting it. There's that, the three wise men going towards the Star of Bethlehem in the image at the end of God of War 1. There's one that kind of is referencing towards all of these pieces. So the thoughts were a little bit on what he had done, but most of it really was looking at the mythology, what it had to offer. It's sort of geographic location to Greece and then kind of its overall meaning to the story that I wanted to tell. Uh, and then saying like, all right, what's interesting? And it really did come down to two mythologies in the end. And half the team wanted one, half the team wanted the other. Of course. Uh, and it was very divided and I finally just kind of had to write up a document that talked about why we we're going to go with this one and why the next one is something we might explore a little bit later. So... Sand or snow is the decision. <laughs> it really was down to that. And uh, I was like, look, man, Assassin's Creed Osiris, which was the code name at the time there. I was like, man, they're going to come out right when we come out. I don't want to have two Armageddon, Deep Impact kind of Egyptian mythology games. Look how prescient I was, right? <laughs> Except there's origin says uh, for Osiris. Is there a lore Bible? Do you really get up in your head? And does the team get up in their head about how does this larger universe of God of War fit together with different mythologies. Do you guys have those ideas locked down? Yeah, we actually created a, a, a timeline that talks about during the Greek era, the ending of the Greek era, the period of time in between, and all the time leading up, what was going on in sort of the Norse myth and how it's all connecting and all sort of the pre-things happening. So even things we're not covering in the game are indicated little bits here and there. Uh, it is definitely one of the more complicated uh, worlds that I've ever constructed and, and been part of. The sort of core narrative continues to adhere to the adage I stole from people I worked with in my time in a walkabout, which was this concept of the, the simple stories with complex characters, right? And the world is a, is a very big character within it. And all of the other characters uh, have their own very complicated uh, backstories and desires. And Kratos's very complicated backstory is interweaving inside of that. But the sort of main thrust, the plot of the, the game is fairly simple and straightforward. 
but the game itself doesn't feel that way. But if developers wanted more of the lore background, there is a Bible somewhere that says like, all right, around this area is when this mythology bubbled up and so therefore it exists. Yeah, we have it fairly closely guarded in the sense that uh, there are a few people that have it, but we don't want to have too many people starting to, to dig into other areas. Uh, but to keep everything consistent, we have that fantastic timeline that helps everybody understand. Is it important with this entry to hint much more at that larger world, just to excite fans in a Force Awakens style way of like, oh, just think about all the stories they can tell. Is that a, a main drive or is this solely focused on, we just want to tell the Norse story? It's both, actually. I think it is focusing on the Norse story, but it also is showing that that high concept that all of the mythologies exist on this planet simultaneously. They're all creation stories that date all the way back to the beginnings of the planet itself, but these are the culture's sort of creation story of that culture. But they are sort of simultaneously coming up in different geographic locations on, on the Earth, and and somebody moving between all of those in a time when it was far more about the gods wandering the earth uh, is connecting all of that together. Here's a dumb question. Do you consider in the God of War mythology, are these mythologies sprouting out because people believe in them or are they sprouting up independent from humans? I think it's independent. Okay. But I think there is a power of the belief as well that continues on it, right? It's maybe a little bit of that Sam Neill Merlin movie, right? Where everybody decides to forget magic and stop believing in it, and it goes away. There is a sense that in our world, the Norse gods existed far before the, the, the Viking times, right? So that basically there's all this talk in the, the, the era of the Vikings of the Vikings fighting for Odin and Thor and, and Freya, uh, but they were abandoned by these gods because they're not around, right? But they were around long, long, long before in a time when it was far more barren uh, in Northern Europe. And basically, that's our time, right? Our time in which they are connecting. But, you know, in Egypt, the pharaohs were sort of the, the living embodiment of the gods during a time when it was very crowded for humans. So there's an interesting sort of connection with each mythology. It's slightly different, right? It's slightly different in which their creation story comes about. Have you become a mythology expert? No. Yes, I, I quiz her all the time. I leave the mythology to Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I've become an expert on how to spend Sony's money. <laughs> I'm only like this way as well because I was quizzed by Christopher Lee during a voiceover session. And thankfully, I had uh, studied a up few, a little bit. A few answers. Yeah, I had a few answers. But man, I think I probably would have gone. It would have gone really poorly had I not answered his questions correctly because he, I believe, is a scholar of of literature or was a scholar of literature and definitely wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about before he was going to take any direction from me. I could I could really dig that. Is there any other goddesses maybe from like Mayan mythology that you think she might be? But uh no, have we actually looked up into Mayan that much? I'm not that 
aware of it. I mean, the I think the most that I know about my mythology is what I learned from Apocalypse. Apocalypto, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I watched that. That's all, a great film. Yeah, I watched that all the time. I was in the army. I just like every night. It was weird. It became like a ritual movie for me, um, which is weird because it's super violent. But it just created this, especially like the early village villager scenes. It's just like super serene, and it's kind of like a condensed. I think Mel Gibson said that he created it to be sort of the the, the proto action film. He's like, oh, I've done the Lethal Weapon and all this, but like, let's let's go back to what maybe the first American action film would be, and and how that would look. And you know, before there was America, there was like Mesoamerica. So, yeah, so that's really yeah. So that's the closest I've ever gotten. Yeah, and here <laughs> yeah. we announce Apocalypto podcast coming up. No, kidding, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's really intriguing, and um, we'll circle into that definitely when we sort of um, round off to the, the main topic, which we're very close to doing anyway, because there's not that much um, apart from this amazing Stone Mason edition that's been um, that's been released. I figured I would do my due and mention to folks um, what's what's included, which is incredible. Um, shout out to the Beyond Awesome DC Forever 28 on the Reddit. Um, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash god of war we're up to over 3,000 subs now the activity has been increasing more and more absolutely in no small part yeah. due to you know cygnus's great work which i always endeavor to to share myself your friend buddy we you know like uh yeah that's that's what we do you know we we we, we sort of uh, find that kind of kindred content that's that's really um adding to the conversation and um i I immediately i think day and date when, when your stuff comes out i just go boom if it, no one's shared it already so it's super invaluable stuff man and there's obviously so much to dive into i i, I can i'm already looking at the show notes being like will we have enough time but um I, i'd be very happy if you if you're available to come in for, for next week man um yeah, yeah i'll look into whether i'm available next week because i think my cousin might be coming over from morocco for like two weeks um but i'm definitely to the to the series i dig it absolutely yeah yeah so, so this isn't the only the only episode i'll be in <laughs> i dig it man absolutely all as right. long as that's okay with you though <laughs> yeah all, all the way that's that that's that's that really really vibes with me man and i just think you cool. know always I, I never take it for granted um uh when you know you start out with like a new show and stuff and like uh making connections and, and like finding those kindred vibes between co-hosts i never take it for granted that I'll, that everything will sort of gel as well as it has and i think this you know has set a new bar of just like sliding straight into um you know this as we just sort of um, experienced with that sort of, um, you know, like discussing and doing a mini round table about the Hathor and, and like the mother, like I just sense that you've got a really, really good grasp of this stuff. And it's a very, very intriguing lens that you view this material through and it's invaluable for this. And um, I think it, it would be more than welcome to come as often as you like. And yeah, feel free to like regular co-host, man. It's, it's all, it's all um, in your court for sure. Definitely. Yeah, this is why I started my YouTube channel to begin with as well. I mean, Hell yeah. it was to talk to like-minded people that were into the same stuff as me. I dig it. Um, so, so it's great to see some of that paying off. <laughs> I dig it, man. Same here. A virtual, awkward virtual handshake. Um, yeah. So we have the full game. This is the Stonemation edition. Full game. Nine-inch Kratos and Atreus statue by Gentle Giant, who have make really good quality stuff. We have a limited steelbook case, two Holger Brothers carvings, exclusive lithograph, the cloth map, a stonemason's ring, Mimir's head talking keychain this is a really big 
this is me ed editorializing, really extensive collector's edition. Um, two horse and troll carvings. Digital contents include Defender of the Chosen Shield, Death to Our Armor Set, Exile's Guardian Shield, God of War Digital Comic by Dark Horse. I hadn't even fully read all this. This is awesome. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even see that part either. Yeah, God of War Digital Mini Art Book by Dark Horse and a dynamic theme. Holy crap. That's awesome. Well, it is quite expensive, so they better put a lot in there. They better, <laughs> damn it. Otherwise, you know, a little, little mini Reddit uprising, which, you know, I mean, we've seen what happened with, uh, you know, Reddit Reddit can get heard if it wants to. It really can. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, we've talked a little bit about um, just what was on that cover and sort of sort of really awesomely intuitively found our way to talking about the mother and and uh, the the sepapid you know in your latest video about how how there could be hints of this and and you mentioned i think earlier about like um people uh you know saying oh well you know like aren't we really focused on north north law at the moment and, and maybe keeping conversation circled around that or centered around that i i think i think and I mention it for for really important reason. Like it's not some like it's not taken lightly. That's the thing that really resonates with me about Corey's approach is that there's such a a feeling of and I say this in the intro, such a feeling of 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 authenticity um being applied to this world and to to creating it. And that's you know I might even cut away um to the letter that I wrote um to Sony Santa Monica uh at one point and and yeah. So that's what I. I really, really uh, needed to kind of underline that for them because, I mean, Elias, like that. I mean, I want, let's get it straight off the bat. Let's go, let's go all the way back. What did you think of that f when you saw this first trailer of of, of God of War? Oh, the uh, the one from E3 2016. Yeah. Oh yeah, when I saw that for the first time, I didn't know what to think. <laughs> at, at, at first, when I saw just Atreus by himself uh, playing with the toys, I thought it might have been Horizon. I was yeah. like, "Hold on, what?" <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't know what this is, and if it, it is something, it's got to be Horizon. Yeah. Um, but then, and then Kratos comes out, and I'm like, "Oh snap!" Like I, I, I kind of flipped out, and then I was like, oh, "Okay, this is what they're doing with it." I mean, Last of Us is one of my favorite games of all time. So that was what I immediately thought when I saw this new direction. I was like, oh, okay, so they're kind of like taking some influence from what happened to The Last of Us. I mean, this game was really kind of, I think when it started to be developed, it was just after The Last of Us came out as well. Um, so, I mean, it's obvious that they've kind of taken some inspiration from it. So that was what I thought. And then um, I didn't know whether it was our Kratos for sure, though. Yeah, because I mean, I think some people even saying after the demo, people weren't really sure. They were like, oh, is this is this like a full reboot? Is this? yeah exactly it's just like a completely different kratos from like another world so and then it was only when like you know people started talking to the developers and everyone else was like um no no, no this is the same kratos even though there's a different voice actor like he sounds different but it's still the same guy um so even i was like yeah i don't know if that's the same kratos but um i remember really liking it i thought i was like wow i do remember having a few reservations about the axe Mm. Um, but then when I saw the way that it worked in the trade in 2017, I was like, okay, I'm on board. Um, so I did kind of, you know, feel a bit worried about the axe when I saw it. Um, but the more they've shown, the more I've kind of like, kind of, you know, dug what they've, um, what they're doing with it. Awesome. So, I mean, yeah, overall, when I saw that demo, I was like, yep, I'm on board. God of War needed, um, this sort of, this sort of change, especially after Ascension. A lot of people felt like the formula was waning after that. Um, so I'm glad that unlike Gears of War, they decided to really shake things up, um, start from the beginning, um, and kind of give us something fresh. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm, I, 
you know? Yep, yep. So I was always fully on board with it. Like even the game came out, I was like, yeah, if you know when there were the you know when the concept art leaked and yes. people were like, Oh, you know, God of War's being worked on and we saw like these really early images of Kratos with a beard. Yeah. Um, and then people yeah, yeah. So back then I was like, Yeah, I mean, I'm on board with that, but the Kratos that they have to do has to be different. Like has to be like a more subdued version. Um he's not like yelling all the time because people are getting sick of that. Yeah. So, you know, after I saw that I was like, Yep, you know what? I'm in um yeah yeah not least of all yeah. the creators you know as as cory you know he hasn't quite outright um i think phrase it this way although i do love how like un- outspoken and kind of irreverent uh cory is you know with with yeah. his interviews it's just like he, he he puts everything like it's it's this great approach to artistry which i love that the artist when they take their work seriously but not themselves i think that's a really good a really good and kind of healthy thing to do because you're not like entering the realms of like pretension or anything and quite really refreshingly this medium personally one of the great reasons one of the uh, one of the like a huge reason for me that I, I resonate with the creator so much is that they're so like human like there's no excessive like pretension about, about like game devs it's probably because they work so damn hard it's like they've worked all potential you know pretension out of their systems because it's like man I, i'm here from like 5 a.m to like 10 p.m so this uh, you know that's that's what i it was it was so important for me when i was like writing that letter to just be like like Ilias, i don't know have you ever done, done anything approaching like animation or sculpting maya or anything like that no i have yeah. no background in that sort of thing I, okay yeah. and just to give you an idea um i mean i i'm a draftsman like i i can do like pretty good sketches and stuff and and like uh at that basic level visually but i i, I took four months to make an untextured maya model <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> like like, like it, it's we, we often forget and i think um, i would even like to take a little maybe mini tangent topic about the attitude towards um you know expectation and entitlement nowadays with with uh, you know wanting the latest news wanting the latest content the content the latest dlc and like trailers you know all, all this stuff like Corey even said like any time we take to make a trailer is time away from the development um you know yep. and uh i wanted to just feel that to you it's like um this stuff takes so long and in fact if we're seeing what we're seeing you know if what we're seeing with like god of war um the, like you know the, the i think um raf Grissetti said like beard tech that they that they developed to create like kratos's beard and like you're seeing these pores you're seeing like these rendering times they're getting longer and longer and um the, and the development times are getting more complex with more moving parts to create this photorealism um it, what, where do you think like like what, what do you think of all that man like it's it, yeah go ahead yeah first of all i want to say yeah cory barlog very awesome dude yeah um if it weren't for him retweeting my video, that big 45-minute analysis that I did, I think it was two months after they announced it, nice. um, I probably wouldn't have the following that I have today. So, <laughs> yeah, big shout-out to him for that. That meant so much to me. Yeah, shout-out um, to you, Corey, if you're listening, or if anyone Sony Santa Monica is listening, they, they, there was a chance that they might because they sort of um, addressed us and talked about uh, the letter and how they read it. In response to God of War podcast premiere trailer, which was posted to the God of War Reddit, user Sony Santa Monica commented, Nicely done. Interactive Artistry, under user Albert Kesser, which is myself, in response said, I'm speechless, but I know that's no excuse. Where to begin? Just look here. 
I literally and confidently hand you every ounce of faith from my heart, which each and every creative at Sony Santa Monica wholeheartedly deserves. Keep it. It is mine to give to whom I will, if you want to think of it that way. I've no way of knowing that this won't get glazed over or perhaps buried in the roiling digital waves of the web, but life isn't meant for, and seldom if ever rewards, being lived from self-doubt. So I'll write as though this will be read, even by a passerby in front of Sony Santa Monica Studios, let alone the digital artisans and inspiring creatives working on the game itself right now. Led by Corey Barlog, to whom this is addressed, though I have no expectations that it will be read. Warning, it is an odyssey-long reply for your odyssey-long efforts. In all seriousness, to everyone working on God of War as I write this, I've never truly resonated this much with the development team's endeavor. The vision, passion, care, respect, and love that is so clearly being amassed, focused, and channeled directly into this God of War is seriously something beyond words could ever adequately convey. You can see it, feel it, in every facet of what's been revealed so far. Trailers, screenshots, interviews, podcasts, and more. You've all thrown caution, conservativeness, and jadedness out in the wind, and you've harnessed what making art is all about. Challenging, informing, shaking, and reshaping the worldviews and emotional cores of those who view, listen to, and or read what you've made. Your audience. So that perhaps they can come away from it with an abiding, timeless life lesson or two. From everything I've seen, Joseph Campbell, J.R.R. Tolkien, and that one lady slash dude who wrote Beowulf that one time would be seriously damn proud. Sony Santa Monica, I and so many millions more around the world have connected so deeply with what you're all crafting. An interactive odyssey of father and son, realized with an unprecedented level of detail, that lived-in and historic-feeling depiction of Norse myth that we simply have never seen in any medium before. I say this with zero smoke-blowing or superlatives or hyperbole. That's what you're making. I don't see pixels or polygons or animation rigs. What I see, and even smell almost, is leather, pine trees, freshly fallen snow, singeing and bubbling drago lava blood. I can hear the distant calls of magical Norse creatures and wilds sounding out across the realms. For real, though. What I'm saying is, I don't see a game. I see a window into another world for me to actually step through and experience an adventure beyond my imagination. And come on, where else have you ever seen an actual... And come on, where else have you ever seen an actual fire troll or Yomanganda itself? And come on, where else have you seen... And come on, where else have you ever seen an actual fire troll or Yomanganda itself? or a mythologically accurate portrayal of Sindri and Brock. Let's just be honest now, nowhere. It's, it's all been either cheesy or inaccurate or distractingly over or under stylized. Shout out to Marvel and Kevin Sorbo though, Hercules, season five, Norse by Northwest. I totally believe those beards were absolutely real. As far as I'm concerned, Corey must have found some way of literally stepping into Norse myth and him giving direction is actually just him reporting back. Perhaps he wrangled some Golder Stag, the name I'm using for that beautiful blue-antlered deer that you created for the E3 2016 trailer. Golder is magic in Icelandic, but you probably already knew that. Saddled it, rode right across the Bifrost, and actually saw this place, saw these creatures, 
this age of peril and wildness and wonder, a time when the gods lived and strode and fought among us. Because that's honestly what I'm seeing, guys and gals. I'm actually seeing what the thing actually is, or rather was. The be-all end-all expression of this ancient material that has for so long deserved a team of artists, designers, and programmers such as yourselves to come along and fully take on the task of bringing it to full and vibrant life. And just think, unlike the Lord of the Rings films, whose quality and timelessness y'all are evoking something seriously chronic, you aren't even moored by a physical or real-world camera system, or the constraints of live action. This fact, on top of everything else I've referenced here, is the kind of potential that makes me quietly smile to myself either at work or whilst working on interactive artistry, may the two become one not long from now, and just sit there and imagine, like a nine-year-old kid, what seeing Yggdrasil for the first time is going to be like, how it'll feel to step beneath and between her mighty roots, what Alfheimer or the Norse elves from the Lost Pages will look and sound like, if we're blessed enough to see or hear them, that is. And perhaps above all, how a god will be able to rediscover his humanity through his fate-chosen son, the druid archer, Atreus. It's the sort of premise and promise of adventure that sweeps your imagination off in the same way that the never-ending story of Tolkien or Star Wars does. Except, and this is the true summit of all the cherries I could ever add to all of this, this is real myth. Not one made by a single person, or even a team of people over a few decades. Your endeavor truly is and this is not to disparage or discount those others, an authentic portrayal of thousands of years of storytelling, of stories and realms and creatures that actual mothers told to their actual daughters and sons, a mythology that actually grew from our real world. That's what's coming into being behind the walls of Sony Santa Monica right now, and that's what's truly and mightily and crazily exciting, worthwhile, and pardon my old Norse, fucking generous, about what you and your team are doing for us. Us, whose only job is to sit and wait patiently. I apologize on behalf of any of us who have failed at even that. For release day, take as long as you need. Having barely been able to make an untextured model in Maya over a four-month period of my animation and video degree, I am keenly aware of the caliber and quantity of artistry, and yes, personal sacrifice of time, emotions, and energy that doing what you do on this scale and at this level of quality and artistry actually requires. And this, well, this is just of no holds barred, shamelessly overlong expression of gratitude from a 29-year-old Canberran, that's Australian dude, following his own dream of one day even being in the same room as any one of you working on the game right now, let alone, as I low-key fully intend on one day doing, setting up interactive artistry as a full-blown thing where we'll be showcasing and celebrating and educating folks on your games well into the future. How you do anything is how you do everything, as the saying goes, and you're all doing everything exactly right. And don't you ever forget it. Up, 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 up. No. I see you trying to hand it back. No. You keep that now. My heart, and those of countless more around the world. Kratos and his son are already in our hearts. And after all, you're all putting your hearts into this story so it's only fair. Why else did you think I was using the color red so much throughout the letter? It's because the people you are making this game for truly know how much blood, sweat and tears you are pouring into this saga for the ages. And just know this, every second of every minute of every hour of every day, week and month, 
we are all wishing you, each and every one of you, the very best with your current and future life and creative endeavors, and we all hope for the remaining development of God of War and the new year to be full of immense joys, worthwhile challenges, and no shortage of fun as well. I hope that if this does get read or heard by anyone on the team, that it gave you even a glimpse of how much I and all of us truly appreciate you and the significant portion of your life that you've dedicated to bringing this most worthwhile of stories to life and contributing so massively to the growth, maturation, artistic validity, and overall deepening and enrichment of this medium. With kindest and still impossible for me to properly express gratitude, Albert Kessa, founder of Interactive Artistry. Saturday, January 13th, 2018. Like it's been passed, like this podcast has been passed on to the team. So there's a, a higher than higher than not likelihood of it being read out. So, yeah, I, I completely back what you're saying. Elias about like Corey, what a G, what a kindred bro. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, he's great. I, I love watching his interviews just because he's so like real and down to earth. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd love to meet him in real life, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, uh, and Santa Monica <laughs> as well is like, like what can I say? They're wizards because. I think they are truly underrated with what they do from a technical side of things because I mean, I mean God of War looks amazing. Like to me, it probably looks like the best looking game on PS4. Yeah. From what we've seen, it looks like the best looking game. So I mean, and that's with like having Horizon and Uncharted and like all these beautiful games. But like God of War looks insane. It and does. like even on the PS2 and the PS3, like those were the guys that really maxed out the hardware. Um, I mean, Naughty Dog's great as well, but from a technical standpoint, I would probably put santa monica just above them mm. that might be a bit controversial but it's just Fine. because from what i've seen um in on the p in the ps2 era on ps3 like they were the ones that maxed it out especially with god of war 2 on ps2 like that game i remember running it on my ps3 because back then it had backwards compatibility and it still held up with the ps3 games that were out at that time and it was running on a on hardware that was generation behind yeah um so so you know they've always been really good um with the technical yeah. side of things yeah god of war ascension as well looks amazing i remember playing it for the first time and thinking whoa this looks even better than god of war 3 and i mean the last of us you could argue was like yeah that was um the ps3 swan song but yeah i remember god of war ascension impressing me more in terms of like a graphical from a graphical standpoint Mm. um so yeah, yeah and even god of war 3 like i can't believe they got that boss fight at the beginning with poseidon to work <laughs> I know. like people still play it now the ps4 and they're like whoa like this is insane yeah whenever <laughs> i see cutaways like you've included them in your videos you know the scale like of the titans and everything that they're you know um it's just unthinkable it's just and i i really and just for it to have run as smoothly as it as it has i mean we've kind of kept pretty intimate so far with the closer in camera you know we have that shot of Jormungandr, you know uh or mm. i've been trying to pronounce things better Jormungandr, or you know like trying to get the actual and apparently oh, we, we've been saying alfheim and like we go the i'm but it's actually aim so alfheim nilfheim you know so figured i'd mention that i think the shout out to neil gaiman whose book i read back to back uh <laughs> and ahead of recording <laughs> <laughs> whatever flows man i'm, I'm not going to be the norse pronunciation please I, I have no entitlement to that i have like ancient polish ancestry that's about it <laughs> oh, okay. um, like, that is how it's pronounced because when i was listening to the audiobook he was saying like alpheim yeah Nippelheim. yeah yeah that's right dig it they should get a sponsorship with the band uh, that girl band Haim. 
Uh, ha, 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 okay. Look, I like that band. They're pretty cool. It's a band that is spelled H-A-I-M. So they're, um, they should do a collaborative song. Um, yeah, I think oh. that'd be great. <laughs> it's a, but I think it's a, like it's a Jewish word, H-A-I-M. I'll have to research that. Little tangent there. But um, we've kind of pretty much um, passed and sort of uh, wrapped up like the kind of overview thing and we're sort of have sort of mixed a little bit of the sections, which is totally fine. It's just like first episode kind of stuff. But what I was like uh, wanting to get your your thoughts on, and I would love to go, is just like uh, l l let the meter run. Like I want to hear as exhaustive and comprehensive as you'd like story prediction, plot prediction, and what we can see currently in Norse myth that may point to something that could work uh, and that would feel realistic and feasible. And I fielded it to you, and you corrected me quite quite well about the three roots of Yggdrasil and to, into which realms they go. And I essentially said, look, if I was like Cory Barlog and I was looking at, at telling this kind of compelling story, maybe centered around a child who has been, and it's alluded to in the trailer, this is quote unquote canon, um, you think I'm cursed kind of thing. So Kratos is, and he's dragging that boat on the shores of what I'm presuming, what realm do you think that is? What, what, what sort of, where, do you, where is he dragging that boat in that scene, do you think, Ilyas? Of course. Um, so I think it's in Midgard. Oh, Midgard. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think it's still in Midgard. I think it's just after um, their encounter with the World Serpent. Mm. Um, the reason for that is because in the Norse myths, um, Thor, when he went on his journey with Hymir and he encountered the World Serpent for the first time and when their rivalry really kicked off, um, afterwards it was said that like he dragged the boat in the same way oh. uh, once they got to shore. I so, so I think that might be like an homage to that, kind of like calling back to Thor's journey with Jaime. Mm. Um, so I think it's happening just after their encounter with the World Serpent. And I think what's going on is um, Jormungandr has quite a bit of a tragic backstory. So he was snatched. What I like is the parallels that you can draw between what's going on with Atreus and Jormungandr. Mm. So what's kind of going on is Jormungandr was snatched um, from his mother, Angabotha, um, because of a prophecy that he would help bring about Doom at Ragnarok with his siblings, um, Hel and Fenrir. That's right. Um, uh, so, so they thought. So, no, it wasn't thought. It was Odin. Odin called for them to come to him, and then I think it was Odin and I think it was either Freyr or Tyr. But they went over, they snatched them, and then Odin was like, "Okay, so what am I going to do to get rid of these guys?" Uh, and then I think the World Serpent um, was very small at the time, but it kept growing like really quickly. Yeah. So he just kind of threw it into the World Sea, uh, and you know he, they were kind of doomed from birth, and it was through no fault of their own. So I know why he kind of wants Kratos' help, and that's because he knows about his reputation as the guy that entered an entire belief system. He wants to do the same. He has a grudge against the gods for doing what they did. Mm. So I think that's why he wants to help them. He's saying, hey, Kratos, I want your help. I know that you're the guy that destroyed the Greek gods. And I think Atreus doesn't know that. And that's why in the trailer, in that specific scene, he says to him, at least I know the truth now. And I think the truth that he's referring to is Kratos killing the Greek gods. I don't think he knew that before yeah. the world met them. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. So that's what I think. He doesn't know why. He, so I think maybe that's why he knows he's cursed as well like he kind of knows more about the background yeah and that's why he's this under the truth and then kratos kind of says the truth kind of like oh you don't have the big picture kind of thing um which corresponds to what Corey said when um he was asked about whether atreus knows why kratos is covered in ash or why he's white right. and Corey said no, he doesn't 
Well, so that, that's, that's what, perfect because yeah. then, then, then that one truth that he thinks that he knows, okay, I killed the Greek gods, I had this dark past. But then when Kratos is kind of you know addressed, like having that moment to himself, saying it, repeating it to himself, that's the deeper truth that uh, Atreus. I think he would just uh, it would exactly. be inhuman. Imagine Ilias if you turned towards your dad and like he told you that, like you'd you'd see him as a monster. Like it would be probably that's what he's not even just running away from his past, but running away from 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 ever wanting to tell his son about this. But, you know, the truth will out, as they say, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't know, again, like, how the journey started, why, like, there was a deeper meaning behind why Kratos wanted vengeance yeah. that Atreus doesn't know. Absolutely. Um, little shout-out, obviously, to the phenomenal Myths and Legends podcast, creating these beautiful, in collaboration with, uh, you know, the God of War and, and the dev team there, the writers, you know, Corey Barlog, releasing these episodes per month, The Lost Pages. And you mentioned, obviously, Yomungandr. He hasn't been mentioned. Um, it is a he, isn't it? Uh, I've said I've, called, I've said it, it's an it, because it's so, like, enormous and, like, cosmic and huge and stuff. But I think it is a he. They refer to it as a he in the book. So we'll go with that for now. But um, uh, Leviathan implies giant beast from the depths you know that's 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 yomungandr for me that's not a stretch at all the axe itself is yep. called the leviathan as you mentioned thor and and, and yomungandr are kind of arch enemies in in the um or arch nemesis in the uh in, in the myths and i you know coming off of it it was only a, a day or so ago that i that i went that i went through that that part of uh gaiman's book in norse mythology that he, he immediately like something that he alludes to earlier is that he just has it's like it's like he has the visions of Ragnarok, like Thor. And again, what's kind of humorous in, in in the in the book, it mentions that he's not as kind of portrayed as like he's not like in, in actual fact. Rather, you know, the Marvel sort of go into him being more like charming and like hunky and all that sort of thing. But in the in the myth, like it's it's emphasized and underlined that Thor's pretty dumb. Like he's he's a pretty basic kind of guy intellectually. He's super, <laughs> super strong and everything, but he he's just your basic kind of you know basic kind of intelligence sort of thing. And um, Neil does, and on the audiobook as well, he does a very good job of characterizing him. You know, but immediately, even even through that, like when he meets Yomungandr, it's like. And and in that there's um that great um uh, story that's uh I think him again they go on these trips always it's always to the to the land of the giants and um Thor has these trials that he goes through with with this sort of uh, leader of the giants and um and sort of they're kind of all so it's like sort of like proving your worth kind of thing so Loki has an eating contest um uh, the uh, the young the young kind of steward that they pick up on their journey this human who can run really fast I forgot his name um he sort of races one of the giants and that everyone's failing and then when it's Thor's turn he um is asked to pick up like the, the giant's like family cat and he can't pick it up and it's all meant to sort of mock all the gods kind of thing which is what the the, the frost giants the Jotun are always doing and what sort of happens at the end is that the leader of the giants reveals like by the way um, when you were racing that giant you weren't racing a giant you were racing time i used magic to make it seem as though like you were racing thought actually so no one can outrun thought um and for loki like i made that you know i hope i'm not butchering it too much listeners but uh uh, where you thought you were eating like food, I actually made that like the vastness of space or whatever. Like, and and when when you tried to pick up that cat, <laughs> you know, I actually that was one of the coils of the world serpent that I was making you pick up. This was all illusory magic that I was using, um, and it was because Thor picked up that cat or rather which he later found out to be you know one of the calls of Yomangunda that that's the reason why hence hence uh ever after there like the waves were caused it's like that's why you know there are waves is because he picked 
the, one of the coils of the world serpent up and so coming away from that there's this huge kind of like the whole place disappears and everything and you're just left with this stinger at the end of that chapter where it's just and it's like something along the lines of and thor just thought about Jormungandr, like it was burned into his brain so when when thor and it's going to happen i, I want to get your bead on how thor's going to be portrayed when he sees that axe when he sees that's like it's the leviathan come, like it's the will of Jormungandr chasing him he's going to have this fear of of kratos i think i mean kratos to, to be honest he's pale like he's white just like the serpent you know, and he have a he has a serpent of a tattoo wrapped around him, you know. So he, he in many mm. ways you could look at Kratos as like a herald of Yomanganda in a way, you know. What yeah, do you yeah. Think of that? No, I think it's I think it's cool because um, I mean calling it Leviathan makes a lot of sense because when you listen to the origin, um, Brock and Sindri made it because they were feeling guilty about making Mjolnir and seeing the kind of havoc that Thor was unleashing on the Jotuns, yeah. right? Especially the poor Thamor. You know, he went looking for his son and then he runs into Thor and Thor's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and for up. no other reason other than because he's a giant. Um, so I think Brock and Sindri are looking at that and thinking, shit, what have we done? Mm. Um, and then um, they decide to come up with this axe to restore balance to the realms. And it makes sense why they'd call it the Leviathan axe, because at Ragnarok, um, it's the world serpent and Thor that cancel each other out. That's true. So like Thor, Thor kills him, right? But then I think Venom comes out of his mouth, which then kills Thor after yeah. Jormungandr falls. Yeah. Um, so it makes perfect sense why they'd call it Leviathan Axe. And it's actually pretty cool how um, you've spoke about Kratos being a herald for the serpent, because, yeah. you know, then that would kind of like make him more of a threat or make him seem like more of a threat to Thor. Mm, yeah and yeah I, I definitely think it'll be one of the main bad guys yeah no absolutely and i i'm i'm i think you know we've seen a carving of thor so far so far canonically from the uh, very museum kind of grade display that was um included i think it was it paris games week i'm not too sure i think it no actually it was psx psx, PSX that's yeah. right so we've seen a carving of him so it's 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 he they're sticking pretty close to the mythological depictions um i think uh, building on what what you're saying like that that um that fear that I feel, or rather, I mean, these gods are seeing visions of Ragnarok all the time. I mean, Tyr. What's really beautiful about when he's spoken of, this is the god of war, in uh in in, in the in the myths. Um, he mentions uh basically caring after Fenrir from since he since he was a pup, but all throughout, mm. and this was communicated really well in in the game and re, um reading and retelling that he has just this almost um like right off the bat this kind of sadness this almost sadness of pre-knowing what what will happen and i think odin feels the same way uh you know um towards uh, towards loki as well um and um and, and what i what i saw with that is that it's like it's almost as though tyr knows that like that's what's going to happen with fenrir it is going to be him that's going to put his hand in the maw of, of fenrir to um to bind him you know um we have we have so many tangents to go down and I am so curious to hear all your thoughts on all, all these things. So we'll try and focus it a bit. Um, I want to, I want to ask you about Fenrir. Will we see him? I, I think it's pretty guaranteed, but when do you think he'll appear? Why? What would be his context of appearing? What, when, when, what, what do you think about uh, Fenrir in this story, Ilias? Fenrir. Um, so we know he's definitely in this universe because when Groa has a vision of Ragnarok, which is the first time I think Odin finds out about it. Yeah. Um, I think they talk about um, an enormous beastly wolf rampaging across the countryside and consuming the sun. Okay. Uh, that's got to be Fenrir. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's out there. 
Uh, I'm not sure if... I, I'm not 100% sure Kratos will encounter him in this particular game. Uh, he might. He might not. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think Fenrir, after the incident with Tyr, which I think has happened by the time the events of the game play out, which is when Tyr had to put his... Um, had to sacrifice his arm um, so that Fenrir would be bound by Glaupnir or Gleipnir, um, right. which was the rope the dwarves made. Um, so I think it takes place after that. And I think it says that he was tied in an unknown unknown location. So I don't know, maybe like Kratos, I don't know. It could be in any realm. It could be in Midgard. I'm not sure. Um, we definitely haven't seen him yet. I've seen some people say that maybe the wolf in the trailer might have been Fenrir. I'm like, if that's Fenrir, I'd be very disappointed because Fenrir was huge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. And that was why the gods got so threatened. I mean, for someone to get big enough for the gods to start feeling threatened, that's when you know that he's quite menacing. Right. Or at least he looks that way. Um, so I think he's definitely going to be very big, uh, probably not on the same level as Jormungandr, who could coil his whole, his whole body around the world, but he will be uh, very big, even yeah. definitely bigger than what we saw in Dark Souls. Because I think in Dark Souls, when they made the boss Sif, yeah. um, you had like a wolf, which was, I mean, he was drawing inspiration from, from Norse mythology when coming up with that boss. Yeah, but it'll be, it'll be oh, way sorry, yeah. is, um, I think Sif is uh, Thor's wife. Yes, that's the name. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so it'll be bigger than that, but um, I don't. I'm not really too sure how Kratos will encounter him. He could in this game. Maybe they'll save it for another game. You're right, and and we have to think about the tone, and and we we also can't sort of build um, our own sort of narratives uh, on on just based on only on wish fulfillment. I think it's it's very uh, sort of balanced minded to um uh to, to look at what we're being shown and make some deductions from there. And there's nothing wrong with like uh you know you know uh opening up your imagination and thinking about how big these conflicts and these these large scale um uh, boss battles so to speak will be but um it's very it's very clear that the definite like the, the tone is being set for um something that's like closer in and and um and more intimate but I'm, i'll throw caution to the wind just for the, for the sake of this segment i think we'll definitely see fenrir it'll definitely be a boss battle it will be insane mm-hmm. because we will see i i think of um that uh, segment in the myth where it's discussing all of the different kinds of um, bonds that are being laid on him and like different kinds of chains and everything. So I, I immediately in my mind's eye cinema, which by the way, if you haven't read the Neil, I'm just addressing listeners uh, and, and yourself if you haven't, but I'm sure like you've just read super extensively on the myth anyway. But for listeners who haven't um, picked up the Norse mythology book by Neil Gaiman, or I found uh, there's um, currently a, an audio book. You can just find it and just play it on in the background um, from YouTube. It's like a five, six hour long thing. Um, it's close your eyes. You have, you have a palette that you've been given <laughs> from you know what we've been shown so far from God of War. You just enter your mind's eye cinema and you can just apply so much of what he talks about, you know, adding this kind of um, coating and this sort of portrayal as being like, and this uh, cinematography and everything and creature design, character design, you can just apply all of that as you're listening. And I got regular goosebumps just thinking about like Fenrir's boss battle arena. It would just be chains everywhere. You know, it would just be because Mm -hmm. they, they try them, he breaks them. He's a super threatening, huge overpowered wolf, you know? Um, So, what a what an evocative um kind of environment that would be uh for, for, for a boss battle there um so that's kind of my thoughts on that one and then um we talked about yomungandr um do you think we will see hell um loki's daughter in this Ooh, um if someone dies and kratos tries to resurrect them then yes yes um yeah <laughs> so so I, I don't know for sure if 
he'll go down to Helheim. Maybe he will. But I think that's the only time we could ever see Hel because I don't think she ever ventures out of the underworld. I think she always stays there. Um, so unless someone dies and like Kratos has to resurrect them or Kratos dies and then he goes to Hell or something, yeah. um, you know, just like how it played out in the other games where he'd go to the underworld, um, I don't think we'll see her. But then I don't really see them doing that again because it's kind of one of those things where it's already happened so many times. Like it happens in each game um of the trilogy right Going so so god world. of war one two and three yeah, so it's yeah. like do they want to do that again um <laughs> that's right i mean we need to see so, nidhogg I, i'm just gonna crash in here with with the nidhogg subject i mean what you hear i had to i, I sort of rewinded a couple of times when i was listening through the you know the neil game and it's just he mentions that he's in the bottom of the the underworld nidhogg gnawing on the roots of yggdrasil in the waters of the underworld and again mind's eye cinema just takes over and i'm like we even saw it in the esrb rating battling dragons we are so fighting nidhogg man like that is so happening <laughs> what do you think of I that i hope so oh my god yeah, the, yeah. The either nidhogg or fafnir yes that's right so nidhogg the corpse eater and um and fafnir i'm not sure if he has sort of a little uh, like un, like an undertitle or anything but yeah definitely um something that just occurred to me about like like uh, you know wanting to change one's fate and all this and like Fenrir made me think of it is that you know Fenrir says in the myth if you had trusted me I wouldn't have wanted to eat you guys you know you guys had these visions of Ragnarok and it make, it lends credence to the idea that Ragnarok is a, Ragnarok is a self-fulfilling prophecy because everything yes. it's like the mistrust of Loki engenders and creates the mistrust that he that it's like, well, you treat me that way already. I may as well fulfill that because you're treating me that way, and and that's what Fenrir and Loki and everyone tied in with sort of Loki's side of 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 Ragnarok. Like that them and us attitude is what creates the them and us attitude, and and it's like that's the whole idea of of what a self fulfilling prophecy kind of uh, and and in, in these myths, but also in real world is 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 if you treat start treating someone enough a certain way, they'll start behaving out of that like that out of either out of resentment or out of resignation. It's like okay, well, you think I'm gonna eat the sun and the moon? Fuck you! Of course I'll eat the sun and the moon. You know? Yeah, yeah. it's like hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah hell I'll, I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> so so yes, yeah, you want me to? I'll do it then. But the thing is, you're very right actually because. That's something coincidentally that I'm going to be discussing in my video of um, the analysis of the lost pages. So it's already scripted and stuff, and I will be discussing that. Like that's something that's already been written down. So really? great minds think alike. Oh, I um, dig it. But, <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I, I basically said what you just said. Um, so it is <laughs> very awesome. interesting Super because kindred. then it starts. Yeah, it starts to reflect back on Kratos as well because that was what Zeus did. Zeus, and that was what Kronos did before him. And that's an example that people often cite when they talk about self-fulfilling prophecies, what Kronos did to Zeus, right? Yeah. So like Kronos gets prophecy and it's touched on God of War 2 that his children are going to overthrow him and kill him. So he decides to imprison them all in his belly. And then by doing that, he kind of makes an enemy out of Zeus. And then Zeus goes and exacts revenge and then it actually happens. Yeah. Um, and it's just very interesting to me because it could also relate to Kratos' personal struggle in the sense that if he wants to change Atreus' fate, like is it, by by going out of his way to do that, is he causing Atreus to be just like him? Yeah, that's a very, very right? valid point. Absolutely. So, yeah, it just creates this very interesting kind of um, conflict internally where it's like, okay, we're going to go on this journey to kind of fix Atreus' curse. But what if by going on this journey, um, that's what's going to cause him to be just like me right. and, you know, bring about Ragnarok or have some sort of a, a playing role? Because we know for sure that Atreus 
Atreus's fate is intertwined with what happens in Ragnarok because when Groa um, sees the vision, um, I think they talk about how a pale white goes from a distant land and his young son is going to be entwined. Okay. So, so they definitely, I think that's to do with his curse. Um, and that's to do with why like Odin's after him and like Thor's after him. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just very interesting because then you kind of open the floodgates for looking at the struggle that Kratos is going through, trying to break the cycle, That's right. um, kind of back at this world in particular, this Norse world and how much it reflects back. And like, you guys are making the same mistakes that my father made and I made and Kronos made. Yeah. Right. And it's, it just kind of, you know. And that speaks be, to him. Yeah, it speaks to him. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I, I want to say, you know, as well as I was mentioning, you know, him being like a herald of, of Yomanganda, you know, this pale skinned, you know, Leviathan wielding, like, because, you know, one thing about Leviathan, like um, with Yomanganda, he can't, he can't, like he's, he's in the ocean, like he, he can have his coils wrapped around, around the earth. And that's, that's, you know, fulfilling that side of the myth and, and as you can see glimpsed in the e3 trailer but um he it's 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 tough for him to like i mean thor could probably just pretty effectively like run away he's he's so unwieldy so that's very much why i think you know yom gunda um wants to enlist him in a way and that's why oh, he wants to help us you know that line but also he is ragnarok like we he is like he's the embodiment he he's he's enacted that exact um that mm. exact thing before and another thing and we've been applying it to Fenrir to all these other gods but this can easily be applied to Kratos himself like he's trying to take he's trying to like ch change his life start this new um existence away from what he had become and that veneration of and or rather that that like I'm, I'm thinking of that vase that we see which I in in what I believe is like a hearth kind of uh treasure place you know in like Yggdrasil it just feels that way um uh, we see that base and and it's this possibly we could be looking at maybe Odin's sort of horde of maybe Odin and this is portrayed as someone like a worrisome figure who who is um, very paranoid of the arrival of Ragnarok and he's like storing all these artifacts to study them to try and find ways to avoid them and maybe that vase is placed there as like this this is the enemy this is who we absolutely do not want in our realm you know um, as like mm. know thine enemy kind of thing and to see him arrive like Kratos is like no no I actually don't want to take down your 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 pantheon and Cory Barlog himself in game in um in Game of Former says no no this isn't another hitman movie of just like going through all the gods but I'm pretty sure like Odin's really going to test him that way by basically yeah. seeing him and being this alarmist and seeing him as the embodiment of Ragnarok is like, he's done it before. Literally this has happened before he's and, and maybe calling him out that way. What do you think of, of the possibility of, of um, and yeah, just your idea of how Odin's going to feature in this story as well. Go for it. Yeah. So I think um, I'm not too sure about how they're going to tackle Odin. I don't know if they're going to show him, like they might decide to take a, a path where it's like Thor or Loki is the main villain. And then you kind of know Odin's out there, yeah. but just like the emperor, he's not shown until yeah. uh, the sequel. That's so, so maybe good. they might go at it with that angle, kind of like keep him there in the shadows and kind of like build it, build him up a bit more. Right. Cause he's Odin. He's your father. Like, you know, um, but so I think it might be Thor or Loki. Odin is going to be very interesting. We know that he's already given up his eye. He's only got one left. Yes. So we know that the events that played out with Mimir, like those have happened where he yes. goes and then he gives his eye and then he gets a drink from the Well of Wisdom. He sees the runes uh, and he gains wisdom. And uh, by the way, sorry, a little shout out to Norsemith. It's like Goosebumps incarnate like you read any of this like oh he sacrificed himself to himself hung for nine days upside down like 
like I was just like my girlfriend Ray, I was just sort of recounting to her some of these myths and talking about Frigg. You know that Frigg had the ability, this is Odin's wife, had the ability to confer with every single being slash material in the world. Like at one point she protects her son Balder by saying to the leaves, to the trees, to all the metals of the world, to all the animals of the world, don't hurt my son. To the point where like if you threw like a, a mountain at Balder, because the mountains had this accord with Frigg, she's like, no, no, no mountain will ever harm my son and Balder, you know, the god of light. Like, and this is something that actually happens. Like, you know, Thor uh, and um, like Frey, they're all having fun just throwing all this like dangerous weapons at Balder and they just fall off. And because she's literally made, it's like the ultimate mother. It's like, promise not to do this. You know how like that's the, the mother archetype. Like Frigg literally says that to everything in the universe. <laughs> so that's, I'm so excited to see how Frigg might be portrayed if she is. But um, I really also am intrigued by your idea of um, keeping Odin in the background. I think that could be super evocative. Yeah, yeah, maybe they might not reveal him until the second game. I mean, I'm not sure how that play out with the fans, but um, yeah, that is very well a possibility. And then you have like Thor Lokinist, yeah. because don't forget as well, like Loki is the god of trick, uh, is is the trickster god, right? So he might kind of so he knows what Kratos' struggle is. Kratos is trying to be as far away as like as far away as possible from yeah. the person that he used to be. Yeah. So, so Loki's going to come out and be like, you know what? I'm going to trick him into doing something that makes it look like he's, he's here to do what he did in Greece. Um, and, and, and Loki is the kind of person that would find that very fun. Like he'd love to see <laughs> that happen. So, so I could definitely see him kind of coming into the equation, like having a bit of fun with Kratos. Like he's the worst because the thing is right with like Thor, like Kratos could fight him physically but with Loki, it's like Loki. Loki's ultimate weapon is his mind. So it's like, so how does Kratos deal with that? True. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not something that. So it's kind of like the Joker versus Batman. It's like the Joker <laughs> can't go against Batman physically, but like on an in, on a mental level, like it's a completely different ball game, and that's why he's like his his greatest enemy, right? And also, so, he can straight up turn into yeah. a salmon. So there you go. <laughs> he, can, he can turn <laughs> yeah, into. He can change into anything. So, so, yeah. Yeah. I think so, so I think Loki will also play uh, play out. Um, Odin, super interesting. Um, you know, he brought the new the the runes to the Norse world. Um, he was very down to earth. Like he's not the kind of um, god that just kind of sits up in his in his throne and is like, oh, I'm just gonna sit here where I can see all of the realms and that's it. Like he was very like, you know what? If I want something done, I'm gonna do it myself. Yeah. So he walks, so, he walks among the world as the wanderer with the twin, uh, you know, thought and memory. Uh, Ugin and Munin, I think, are his. Um, are his ravens you know it's uh yeah super evocative stuff i think we may even see yeah like uh, i think you did a really good um uh, I'm, I'm glad you covered this ground in one of your earlier videos about speculating on whether odin may have appeared in the previous god of war titles but um and you sort of threw that out there it's still who knows um possibility or whatever but um uh i think that that would be quite fitting of if odin did appear to appear as a stranger or even for him to appear as like loki appearing as odin like he's done that you know, um, or or are they alluded to that he's totally capable of doing that and stirring that kind of uh, shit stirring, as they as they say in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Loki was very good at that. So I think, um, yeah, he'd be a very good adversary for Kratos. Um, what else was I going to say about Loki? I was going to say, yeah, there's a chance that he might very well be the main antagonist. Um, I think with Odin, 
it would have been really cool if they had him in the um in the original games but then i think the developer came out and was like no no, no that was zeus like right. pretending to be the grave digger like because some people were saying oh wait it could be odin who's keeping an eye on things in greece for his own interest and he did look like odin like yeah. i mean he didn't have he was missing an eye and um he if, if you kind of compare how he looked to images of odin that you see online they're very similar yeah but um, I guess it makes more sense from a story perspective for it to be Zeus yeah. um, talking to Kratos. But yeah, that would have been really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a chance that we might have like a similar encounter with Odin in this game where he appears looking very similar to that. Mm. Uh, I we don't that. know. For sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, speaking of tangents, this is kind of, you know, I'm, I'm mentioning, uh, you know, we sort of went on. Um, uh, we sort of discussed uh, like potential directions of of the story, you know, and uh, what could be involved. And it's I think it's fairly I think we're on fairly solid ground. You and I, um, uh, like basically thinking of you know Atreus and his curse being a pretty prominent uh, like central kind of hub of the story, a hub wheel sort of spoke of the story. Um, yep. So I wanted to ask you. Um, this thing that I that I mentioned, I mean, and I would love to hear yours as well, because that's just something I, I just picked up while I was reading uh, reading the book, um, Norse mythology, is that there are these three roots and of of the Yggdrasil tree: one going into the land of the giants, one going to um, was it the un, was it uh, the Helheim? It was it was the underworld, wasn't it? Uh, it's it's in Niflheim, I think. Niflheim, yeah, and then the other going into yeah. Asgard. So yep. Um, and then we have this, um, you know, from the start of the Norse, uh, from the uh, from the Lost Pages, we have um, the Grower, you know, um, the, the was it the Keeper of Old Knowledge, like Odin, Seeker of Knowledge, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, she was a seer. So basically, someone who used to tell prophecies. That's right. So I'll just throw this out to you. Do you think Odin may see? Oh well, Kratos is the diminished god. He's the god that has his has spawned Ragnarok. Could Odin be like, sorry, your child is totally Ragnarok and maybe because of these you know these latent abilities that are now manifesting with his communion with with the natural world like um here's my thought to you right now and vanir the vanir nature goddesses and gods the ones like freya for example could uh atreus's mother be freya um perhaps i think that she might be too significant um to play a role in kratos's family I mean, she could very well be a Vanir goddess. It makes sense because they've always said that the Leviathan Axe has a deep-rooted history with the mother and her family. Yes. So, I mean, it would kind of bridge the gap um, between the axe getting from its makers to someone else. So, like, they'd give it to a Vanir goddess because it's like, yeah, you guys are all with the Aesir. You guys are the perfect ones to, you know, balance them out and right. balance out this destruction. So it might be that they gave it to her family because you know the Vanir were at war so i think i think maybe you know that definitely lends credence to the idea that she, um the mother is a Vanir goddess right. um i'm not sure if it would be freya it could have been um i think it was siofen she was the goddess of love mm. uh so she was the Vanir goddess of love so i think maybe it could be her i don't know for sure if it's freya it could be but Okay. If I had to place my bets, I wouldn't necessarily go with her just because I think she plays such a big part in Norse mythology. Like perhaps they'd like want to like save her for other things. Right. Absolutely. And uh, your thoughts on, um, uh, you know, the narrative arc and, you know, this tour bus that Corey mentions that the narrative will be um, 
do you reckon we'll be able there's a clear apparently like there's a defined narrative we'll be experiencing do you believe in being able in this story that we'll be able to travel backwards and and see um and that there won't be any gated off areas that like with this mechanic of the boat do you think we'll be able to advance the narrative go forward and then be able to kind of go back explore some of the things and take those sort of side paths and quests and um you know finding treasure and such you know those the three pillars that Corey and shannon mentioned you know exploration combat and narrative um do you think that there's going to be sort of he mentioned wide linear but what are the what are going to be the sort of main kind of MacGuffin, so to speak of the story in your opinion based on speculation or the Idrisil roots was one thing i threw out there but what do you think um, so, I mean, I think right now the one that I'm subscribing to personally is that he's going to seek out a way to do um, Seder magic. I was going to say Acer magic. <laughs> Seder magic. Seder magic to change Atreus' fate, to lift his curse. Right. Um, because, you know, one of the most powerful beings um, in the Norse universe were the Norns, right? So they're at the Well of Erd, um, which is where one of the roots of Yggdrasil extends into. That's and basically they... Yep, exactly. Yep. Um, so basically, they carve the destinies of children into the world tree, right? So Kratos comes over. They know who he is. Um, he's got quite a, a a vast reputation. Well, it's it's spread into so many places of the world. I bet even the Egyptians know who he is. Uh, but <laughs> so I think that they're well aware of who he is, and then they kind of say, "Well, you know, looking at his family tree, what Kronos has done, what Zeus has done, um, Atreus will do the same thing." Right. Right, and it's. Funnily enough, um, I was looking at this uh, some more in real life, and it is a phenomenon that people have identified as happening to people okay. or to others. So, so if you look up psychogenealogy, oh, right, it's yeah, it's basically like <laughs> so. It's basically the idea of looking at what you've carried over from your ancestors, the bad, and kind of blocking it out and then forging your own path. It's super interesting. Whoa, and that sounds like my life. <laughs> So, so there are people that offer, um, so the psychogenealogy is the name of the therapy that they offer to fix that. Um, so I'll go into it a bit more in my video um, that will be an, an, analyzing the lost pages. But yeah, so look up psychogenealogy. It's a thing in real life. Um, okay, I, I have to read from this. Sorry. How much how much free will do we have and how much of the scenario of our life is our own? Did you know you could modify your life patterns entirely by solving the stress and programs passed on to you from previous generations? Hi. I'm grower, and I'm here to help you, Kratos. Now, um, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he, I'm here to help Treyas break the cycle. And <laughs> uh, tell me about your mother. I just love that—the idea of like, you know, he's going to these three psychologists. You know, one at the one at the Well of Urd, one at the one one is Mimir, and maybe he disagrees with the Mimir and and chops his head off. Um, <laughs> who knows? Didn't yeah. really get his credentials. So, so <laughs> so my best guess is that he's he's kind of I mean the adventure spawns because um, Kratos starts to see this stuff happening in real life. So like I mean he's probably aware that Atreus is cursed. Yes. Um, but that's only after the mother dies because when you watch um, the prologue of the Lost Pages, which is basically drawn in Sandar by the very talented Joe Castillo, yes. um, it's very obvious that she dies. Like because you see um, fire and then you see this body that's wrapped up and then on a pile of wood. So that's her getting cremated, right? Yeah. So so I think that's when it suddenly becomes real for Kratos. And then that's when you can start to draw the parallels between how Kratos's journey started and Atreus's journey is now starting. Absolutely. Because Kratos's journey in ancient Greece was also a saga born of Ash. 
Mm. Right. So so that was because. Oh, damn. That was oh, snaps, as, as you would put it, snap. So Kratos. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So Atreus's own journey is, is born of his mother's ashes. What? Yeah. I'm so glad I was sitting down for that. That would have. Damn. Well done. I had not made that connection, man. Sorry to cut you off, but go ahead. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's all pretty mind blowing. And then you're like, oh, OK. So that's when it all of a sudden becomes very real for Kratos. It's like, you know what? I have to fix this. I need to do something to lift his curse or whatever. And I think personally, that's what the main thrust of that's the MacGuffin. That's what they're going to be after. Um, and we even have an inciting that's, incident that's been confirmed in the first page of the Game Informer article. Um, the you know the writer says I, we, we're not allowed to say much else, but there is this one scene where Atreus says, "Why was that man here? Why did he come here?" And Kratos is like, "You don't know everything," or he sort of brushes him off. But we know that there mm. is maybe a period. Oh, he knows. Oh, he knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. so that could be Loki. That could be someone saying, "By the way, we know of." Kratos's mother. Sorry, we know we know of Atreus's mother. We know of the nature of who you are. We we're aware of you. You're not hiding as as you think you are. Beware. And then you know, like the vision disappears, or Loki's messenger, or Odin's messenger vanishes. Atreus walks in, is like, who was that? And like Kratos is like, never mind. You know, that could be that could be something. But um, yeah, it's like I know nothing of it. I know what does he say? I know nothing more of it. That's why I think they said it. Gets in right. the article. That's yeah, right. you're on top of it, man. You got one of the memories, you know. On, like, oh yeah, I, I live and breathe God of War. Same, bro. That's right. And I, <laughs> yeah. I have I have the vague recollections, but then you're like citing perfectly. I think your essay in uni would get like an A plus. Mine would get eh, B plus. Eh, you know, A minus. No, no, no. Ah. Yours would be too. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks, I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, psychogenealogy. Yeah. That's going to give me something to think about heading into work today. I'll probably read up a bunch about that. But that... it's very interesting. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yes, there's people offering therapy to to others in real life of like you know, breaking the cycle. <laughs> like maybe you're going through this issue in your life because of unresolved issues with your grandfather and your father before you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, emotional, like, uh, like as I call it, sort of the language of the self is something my partner, Ray, she does like emotional intelligence and, and intuitive kind of, um, you know, uh, just like discussing deeper layers of meaning and, and this like one's the symbolism of one's life choices and how to kind of gain control of that kind of stuff. So her and I are kind of riffing about this all the time. And, and I sort of fielded this to her and I said, well, let me just throw a hypothetical to you, a, a husband or rather a, a man who is in deep, deep anguish, constantly projecting and venting and abusing and hurting. How, how would someone like, you know, and, and what would be, what would be the inherent challenges of turning that around, especially when a child is involved and to, and to know that, you know, as we saw in that very first trailer, you know, knowledge, knowledge gained, like that's going to be a central mechanic. Like he's, Corey's mentioned that there's no, there's not going to be like a crazy morality system of like you, your relationship with Atreus being affected and him, maybe if you, you yell at him more often, like he'll stay more quiet during uh, conflicts. I don't think it's going to get that kind of like um, technical. What about Greg? Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think that that's a great, um, a great uh, sort of arena for um, that aspect of the narrative of, yeah, well, as I, as I say at the top of all of these episodes, like the maturation of the medium, that, that's going to be where that's going to take center stage. And um, I think they could not have gotten someone better than Chris Judge. I mean, any time that dude speaks. Oh, he's perfect. What yeah, yeah. the hell? Like, he, yeah. he, like the boomingness and then, but also knowing how to hold himself and have that sort of stoic slash vulnerable slash I'm growing as a person, even if I'm this sort of jaded God that we see, you know, in these, in the previous titles, like he, he really, for a time, I'm sure that he felt that he was maybe even now 
to this point, but it's clear that he's made efforts to to step out of this kind of cyclic curse. And um, and Sonny Suljic is is great in that little segment that they do, you know, that behind the scenes of you know how they're doing that repetitive like high five when they, like after they've done their take. <laughs> it's just... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So good. Thing yeah. is, apparently Atreus will have the most dialogue in the game as well. Yeah, that that's really so, great. I like that. Yeah, I like so. That. And, and and listeners, you know, uh, we've heard obviously different. Uh, this is to addressing those who have had um, concerns about you know traces trace speaking too much. Believe us, and we're you know pretty much speaking uh, to exactly what Sony Santa Monica have been saying. You know, Corey's been saying it up and down. Like Kratos will not be a burden. He will not you know overstay his welcome or, or speak over speak or anything. I mean, it's very very clearly established that Kratos isn't a pushover parent. Like he is a very like. Um, uh, you can almost say archetypical father like he 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 i mean to an extent he's ordering his son around but in a way that there's as we saw in that first trailer which i think was like a thesis statement of the dynamic that you'll share um notice i actually feel like um it's only after that first trailer that people have been like oh well we're seeing more gameplay he, he does talk quite a bit but i really appreciate the idea of what Kratos cannot say, his son does, because again, we've se- we've heard it iterated over and over that it's his, his son is going to be returning his humanity to Kratos, you know, mm. and uh, and Kratos then, you know, in turn, you know, in the, in a way that's sort of this fantastical veneer, you strip that away, it's basically like a father raising his son and teaching him to be a man. In this case, God, but um, but yeah, I'm going to throw throw that to you now. Um. How do you feel over the course of the narrative, Kratos and Atreus's relationship, not just mechanically in terms of knowledge gained and everything, but narratively, how do you think that will progress? Where will we see them at the start and, and where will we get to in the middle and, and near the end with uh, Kratos and Atreus? Yeah, so um, I think, first of all, it's going to be a bit weird to kind of get used to a Kratos that maybe smiles. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, because because I remember when I was looking at the motion capture scene, you know, the one um, just before they started doing the high fives. Surprise me. And, yeah. And it, yeah, yeah. And he, Christopher Judge kind of has like a very subtle smile. Yeah. Right. And it's like, wow. Like, I mean, just that in itself, like that moment is like, damn, this really is a different Kratos. It really is. <laughs> like, uh, so, so. <laughs> I like, mean, it'll be interesting to see as well how they incorporate moments of levity in it. Um, with Sindri you know, and Brock, I, I can't wait for those two. Like the bickering brothers, like, come on, that's going to be great. The bickering merchants that are like, you know, fighting about yeah. like, what to do with your weaponry or whatever. Yeah, But yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, apparently those two will also play into the theme of divided families. So that's another theme Perfect. that's pretty much been confirmed. So the first one is Sins of the Father which was also kind of tackled in God of War 2, but this is kind of more of an extension of that. And then you've also got divided families because apparently um, one of them for like their loss of talent and abilities. So like there's always bickering in the game. Um, And we'll kind of, I think we're going to interact with them quite a bit because they're pretty much the merchant. So kind of like the dude from Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Uh, Just kind of like, yeah, see him and like, you know, a lot um, at different parts of your journey that's right that's so like i think kind of catch up with you. yeah i like that yeah exactly so i think that you just kind of like run into them at certain points in the game and then they'll give you the ability to upgrade your weapons um i know that they made the shield as well so yeah. the shield that you just like 
bashing people around with. They made that. That's awesome. So, I love that, yeah. that that whole setup. I mean, I one of the first games I played on PS uh, was uh, Medieval, and there was a sense of that. It's like you go through, and then there's these gargoyles, so to speak, which are basically merchants, and then you come across them, and they'll have new weapons for you along the journey. And I just think that's just great. It's a great little kind of callback to how I remember things with um, with that. I mean, you know, Zelda Breath of the Wild has that with the sort of dynamic merchants you find them around. But I love the idea of like, oh, by the way, it's we've reached a certain chapter. It's like the Drebin, you know, uh, in, um, in... Oh, yeah, Mephia Solids, yes. Yeah, you know, so I really, really dig that. And and then... Yeah, very similar. Yeah, that's right. I think, did, did I... Did we... Um, I'm not sure what article it was, but um, it was something about... I think Corey was saying, yeah, so they'll have this um, divided brothers kind of bickering brothers kind of thing. I mean, I think one of the sources of that will be, you know, maybe... And it might be the sort of source of, like, uh, comedy uh, or levity is that it's implied that, like, you know, Sindri done fucked up with, um, you know, uh, it's it's something that happened before. Literally in that episode, you know, the forging of Leviathan, he gets bitten again by a spider this time, which I, it has to be Loki. Ooh, and who is that spider? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I just said it. Yeah, it's, it's got to be Loki. It's yeah, got to yeah. be. And he turned blue. Like, it's like, and he's, he's probably already super angry and resentful that it's like, well, you told me to keep fucking you know working that bellows and i did that and now i'm blue fuck you i'm blue <laughs> you know <laughs> i look like a damn blueberry who knows i don't know uh you just had to let your pride get in the way yeah because because wasn't the reason why they made mjolnir in the first place was because they wanted to like show that they could make yes. better weapons than the sons of Vivaldi. <laughs> so it's like you just had to let your pride get in the way this is why we're in this mess <laughs> that's right and it's me yeah. i'm the one who gets the fall i'm the one who gets sent to the realm of the dead and then he'll be like well if i didn't care about you enough i wouldn't have brought you back it's like ah to hell with you ah fooey yeah so, yeah, so, so i can't wait to see how they're how their dynamics play out absolutely dude absolutely well we're coming up on the hour and 40 man i just want to check in with you i don't want to kind of press into your time so just doing a quick little check how you doing uh yeah we can do 20 more minutes my man Awesome. Well, let's wrap into some of the, I mean, I had obviously here Norse law. I might cut away actually to myself um, just so I can get that sort of first nugget of, you know, including the Norse law segments. I'll have a bunch of cutaways with some music and stuff um, so that we can kind of uh, create this sort of, yeah, comprehensive sort of, um, as I'd call it, you know, an all-encompassing episode where it's just like you get a little bit of everything, a bit of the news and, and riffing with you. But I want to spend this last 20 minutes, as I mentioned, you know, it's your first um, appearance on the show hopefully the first of many, many more co-host times, you know, as, as eventualities may, we'll see how we go. Um, I just wanted to get your beat on what were your first experience with God of War was. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I love to tell this story. I've only told it once, but it's, it's a great time to say it again. Um, yeah. So basically, I never got into it as soon as it came out. So I think I was about 12 years old when it, when it came out. Yeah. Um, and I only played it a year after it released. And that was because I had a cousin who also used to love playing games. And he said to me, hey, you got to check out God of War. This is a really awesome game, action adventure. Uh, it's really up your alley. I don't know why, but when I heard of God of War, I thought it was like a real-time strategy game. <laughs> so I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> it was like, no, no, it's action adventure. you got to try it. I said, fine. And then um, I went over to another cousin's house. And she loved playing games as well because the cousin who told me to try it out was in Morocco. So I only see him like once a year. He was like, no, you got to check it out now. So I went, to, I went to her house and she was like, yeah, this game's really good. And I sat down and I played that opening level with the Hydra and it blew my mind. Oh my and I was God. like, holy shit, this is so good. Like I said, I had to pause it and like you know, just kind of meditate on it for like a half an hour. And be like, what did I just play? This is awesome. Um, 
And then, yeah, I've been a huge fan of the series ever since. I persuaded my parents to get it for me. They were very strict. They never let me get games um, that were mature rated. <laughs> so, so like, I'm like, GTA and stuff. I had to do it at my friends' houses. But, yeah, so for God of War, they made an exception because I wouldn't stop going on about it. I bought it, loved it, completed it. Um, and then God of War 2 came out. And then I played that on my PS3 because my PS2 broke. And back then, PS3s were backwards compatible. Yeah. Uh, God of War 2 is my favorite in the series, for the record. Um Awesome. I think God of Perfect. War 3 is the one that a lot of people talk about, but that's just because it's probably like the more mainstream one because it's like the one where the focus is on the action. But for me, God of War 3 was disappointing from a story perspective. I just thought it was very bare bones. Yeah, it felt like... Yeah. Maybe, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to quickly say, it just felt like just you know it just felt restricted by the premise that had been set up by the first and then you know you know not necessarily like strictly adhered to in the second but this idea of needing to mop up and finish up that the job of like wrapping up the god so it just it felt like super super excessive in, in many ways you know tearing off of heads it just felt like that you know that embodiment of the bigger better larger louder kind of thing and there's merit to that in so, in some respects but yeah i agree with you um i think god of two, god of war 2 is where it's at for me personally as well but yeah go ahead yeah so um that was my opinion on god of war 3 i loved the gameplay the boss battles were great but yeah from a story perspective it was lacking a bit i also didn't like how they retrospectively um changed something it was to do with um you know how kratos no you know how zeus somehow got was was scared of kratos because when he opened pandora's box fear was let out yeah. and then that was why zeus got mad and then it was revealed that that's why zeus was scared of kratos and blah 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 i didn't like that at all um i thought that they should have just kept it as zeus was frightened of the fact that well he was making the same mistake as his father yeah good it's point. not because kratos opened pandora's box and that's why he's scared he's scared because it's history repeating itself it's that family cycle going on right yeah. and that i was with i thought that really undermined things um i remember when i found out about that that was a bit disappointing but i mean yeah i think the impression that people get where it's just like yeah kratos is like taking people down like it's a hit list there's nothing there's no deep meaning behind it is probably because god of all three is just fresh in their minds but like people really kind of underestimate how much groundwork um was laid in god of War one and two before that especially god of war 2 because god of war 2 was really like look it's all about perspective like gaia feels betrayed because zeus went against her back and punished her for the sins of one the sins of the father yeah. for one where it's like his really like um with the relationship that he had with Ares and how he was betrayed and then you had ghost of sparta as well people can't forget that Corey wrote ghost of sparta I mean, so i think people should really play that before they get to this game because it also tackles the idea that like kratos went through this with his brother and he failed to protect him so it's like um, you know, he might be feeling more insecure about whether he can protect Atreus, That's you know, right. and Corey did confirm that um, voice actors from previous games are going to reprise their roles. I honestly would not be surprised if like Kratos sees a vision of Deimos and like Deimos says to him, you know, you're going to fail Atreus just like you failed to protect me. And that, yeah. that was quite a tragic story. Ghost of Sparta, I feel like, deserves more recognition than it got. Um, so I didn't get around to playing it, though, until they brought out the PS3 version. Chains of Olympus, I bought on the PSP. Um, so I enjoyed it on that platform. But then Ghost of Sparta, I didn't get around to playing it seems like you've until really, they brought you've, it like, out. It's like you've grown up with the series. Like, you you know, at, at every stage when each of the titles kind of came out, like, it sort of respectively resonated with that the year that you were in terms of age. And like um it seems yeah like that's really great to know that and that and to see how deep your connection with the series goes it's really awesome man 
Yeah, when they talk about um, kind of catering this new God of War to a more mature audience, I'm definitely one of them who's kind of grown up and is now looking for something, not necessarily like The Last of Us, but like something that's it's more mature. Yeah, um, just more, you know, with, so with more, with, with more facets, you know, like like it just like you know how that we think of the word like polygons, you know, polygons. There was a limit to how faceted they could be because of the you know processing power, but now as things have gotten more advanced, we've uh, quote unquote advanced in age sort of thing and becoming more uh getting more like multi-spectrumed you know as people um so then you can think of that uh, using the analogy of like it just has more sides to it it's simple as that it's still what it is yeah it's just the way we're appreciating and able to access it and view it and and sort of see all these different angles and sides it just really enhances everything really you know yeah like we saw one dimension in greece and now we're going to see other you know another dimension here and exploring more right. so yeah i mean i that's why i can't wait on like totally on board with this new direction yeah and then yeah going back to god of war ascension ascension i played when it came out uh i think that was in 2013 yeah, i remember enjoying it um but again that was when like even myself i was a huge fan of the series well i am a huge fan of the series but that was when i started to feel like you know what maybe this formula is starting to get a bit old yeah. um and that was when they brought in multiplayer multiplayer was okay but again God of War is all about the single player experience. Yeah. Um, and I felt like maybe the single player might have suffered as well because they decided to bring in a multiplayer component. I mean, overall, I just think Ascension's, it could be argued that its story was a bit pointless. Mm. I mean, it, it's good in the sense or background as to what happened when Kratos um, broke his bonds with Ares. But at the same time, it's like you didn't necessarily need an entire game for that. That's true. I I, I can yeah. I, I can um, definitely agree with that for sure. Um, mm. Yeah. No. I. I but it was a fun game. I yeah. enjoyed it. It just wasn't like up to the quality of the rest. Yeah, and I think that was that was the main thing, really. And and I really like how I, I mean, I'm sure Corey gets a little kick out of this uh, about these alignments that happen. And I I have this with um, there's this thing in uh, in psychology called apophenia, which is uh, perceiving patterns. It's like the human tendency to perceive patterns where there are none. Uh, you know, it's like one of the sort of precursors to like getting cray cray OCD and then like losing your mind kind of thing. But without getting into that, I, I think that I'm not uh i'm not too far from like being onto something so to speak when i think i mean it's the eighth it's like the eight titles proceeding and he says i always forget never to forget the mobile game you know um oh i've that, never played the mobile game that's fine that's <laughs> fine uh the ending and beginning and and the links between you know Jormungandr, for example oh yes yes yeah um yes give me shit for that because they were saying oh um you're looking too much into it it's just um it's the snake. That's all there is. Oh, get out of right? here. I'm sorry, but like, but, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, there's so much intentionality to that because Omega is ending, right? It's like, and then again, it ties in with the ending of the gods, which was the theme of those first eight, eight, um, eight stories. And then you have, you know, Yoangunda represents something that is eternal, something that is cyclical and ongoing. Um, and that doesn't have an ending. And um, it's, it's, and for example, you know, God of War, the the first uh, Greek era is about ending connections, like literally severing heads, ending, 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 and this is about mm. the cycle renewing and continuing, and then um, going even outside of Norse myth, you know, the cycle repeating uh, in all realms, you know, which we we see um, little hints of, and and you know, in the interviews and everything. So I think the intentionality here is is great, and this alignment of the universe, you know, eight titles in the nine realms, just so much um, aligning, I think, is which is really intriguing. Yeah, because I was always, no, always, I was also trying to make the point that um, it's in the shape of the Othala rune, which represents um, ancestral power and spiritual inheritance. Yeah. 
So I was saying that it perfectly melds with what's going on with um, a trace of circumstances. Yes. And some people just like, no, it's it's oh. just a snake. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking too much into it. But yeah, again, it's like Those people what you said plus what I said. Sad, simple lives. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think what you said plus what I said perfectly stands. And that's probably why they decided to go um, with that symbolism. Because Corey did say as well that the runes inside have... Uh, a special meaning i don't know what it is i probably won't know that until i get to play the game um but yeah he did say that there is more meaning in that symbol than people think absolutely awesome well we're coming up to um uh you know us needing to kind of carry on with the rest of our days but dude uh, i just wanted to say um as i had traded at the top of the top of the show i absolutely wholeheartedly appreciate um you taking the time my man and i think i've made like a pretty kindred friend today with yourself just like hearing all your thoughts and having those kind of like-minded sort of um you know wavelength similar wavelength moments of of, of interpreting this material and, and going forward i just wanted to extend that um to yourself on behalf of the yeah, all of interactive artistry but just like for me like uh, i really appreciate um yeah getting to have this chat with you and, and going forward from here thank you man it's honestly been a blast being on this podcast <laughs> this is only the first but it's the first of many and it's been very fun i do yeah, yeah. i can't wait to be on more but you'd never know that it was your first and i'm not again no hyperbole smoke blowing super letters or anything like just like again with how you phrase yourself and everything it's just maybe it's because of obviously with your work on the channel but it doesn't feel like your first man um you can start start lying out there go for it just say oh this is my 80th show just just <laughs> it's just because it, it comes yeah. across that way for sure dude but um Awesome. I think it's just my YouTube channel's not a lot. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, um, I figured we'd wrap up. I'll, 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 yeah, because you know, there's so much obviously more to explore. We'll, we'll get into that with the next as a little stinger for the next, um, uh, for the next episode. What we'll probably do is uh, just again expand a little bit more on these sort of tangents we sort of uh, began walking down a little bit in this uh, episode of essentially um, how obviously we'll obviously be interpreting directly relevant you know news first will be uh, uh, um Elias and i will be breaking that down and discussing that first but what's also going to be great um at, just from a point of view of enhancing your first experience like listener addressing you directly enhancing your first experience of this going in knowing um more about norse myth is it's it is, it's enhanced certainly my experience and Elias, would you say that it's definitely added to you to you like your first playing is going to be all the more enhanced by uh, what you've read about Norse law, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, definitely. I can't wait to see how things play out. In a way, I'm kind of nervous um, because it's like, what did I get right? What did I get wrong? Um, <laughs> oh, they're going in that direction. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh wait, they're going in this direction. Oh wait, I did. Um, and then there's also, you know, being nervous about whether it's going to meet expectations. Like I pretty, I'm pretty confident it's going to be a great game. Nice, definitely. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll um... like everything we've seen. It will be like at least an eight out of ten, at least. Oh, absolutely. Right, but for me, it's a question of like, is it going to be a nine? Is it going to be a ten out of ten? Like, is this going to be a game that like everyone loves? The fans are saying, yeah, you know what, this is what God of War should be now. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. Elias, we both know it's going to be nines all around. Get it? Nine, nine real. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm so daggy with my puns. Lies everywhere. Lies, lies, nines. Awesome. But yeah, um, and so... It's going to be the best thing ever, um, but I also kind of need to keep my expectations in check. Yeah. Uh, It's just a game. (laughs) I know. And it's so great that you can step back and and have that kind of, uh, you know, well-rounded kind of um, psychology about it, man. Definitely. I mean, we, we pour this time into it. In the end, it really is. We're just... 
it's just you get so much out of just exploring the deeper layers of something. I, I've I've maintained this a lot, and it's 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 essentially you've immediately gelled like in record time with everything interactive artistry is about. It's just taking this closer lens uh, on the material and just spending a bit more time on this kind of stuff um, that that I that then I see being done elsewhere. Again, no disparaging to other channels and stuff, but just to have this dedicated space to you know what let's let's dive a bit deeper into into these aspects. Definitely celebrating the kind of ludic you know gameplay uh, aspects as well, but but um, it seems like it's just duck to water, like you take to um, this sort of discussion extremely naturally. It's sort of uh, inherent to who you are, I feel. And I think that's a perfect fit for, for what we're doing here. So you're 1000%, let's put it on on the air, whatever, in the recording. You're you're definitely part of Interactive Artistry in my books, honorifically right. or uh, like ho however you want to think about it. But you definitely are, man. Sure. Well, I'm happy to join. Um, great. <laughs> I also wanted to say, um, yeah, I mean, all of this is definitely going to make playing the game for the first time that much more special. Yeah. Uh, I also want to get a 4K TV for it. I haven't bought it yet. All right. I'm waiting okay. for... We're going to get a GoFundMe happening for Ilias. We're launching it right now. <laughs> We're gonna get it. We're gonna go a Indiegogo. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to buy a 4K TV. For it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. You got the Pro yet, or are you gonna? How do you feel? Like, what's your console setup? Yeah, that's the thing. I have a Pro. I just don't have a 4K TV, so I bought one. So I had I had the OG PS4, which I bought on launch day. Nice. I was like, you know what? Let me get this Pro and take advantage of the better frame rates at least. And it also has like boost mode and stuff. So people were saying there are stuff that you can make, you can take advantage of on a 1080p TV. So I bought it. It's been okay. Like it's not a huge upgrade. And I think it was never really marketed as that. Yeah. Um, but I think you do need to, you need, you do need a 4K TV to make the most out of it. Definitely. I think, yep. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to hear it, man. Like when you, when you will we'll obviously hear going week to week. And I also really think just from that point of view of not just putting this out there for the listeners and everything, but I think just for myself as well, I think maybe you'd agree that just having an outlet to just riff about it with people um, and explore different thoughts that you've had that week in particular about it going, you know, we're constantly getting new information. So to have an outlet for that, um, obviously you have that with your videos and stuff, um, which I, again, yep. I just want to really underline triple underline uh underline nine times um for our listeners do go and check out um the newly minted youtube.com forward slash cygnus hd um for uh Ilias's, uh just peerless content really totally and i i stand nothing to, i stand to gain nothing just by like like excessively patting your back or anything i just i say things how they are i'm i'm old Thank I, you. I, I, Thank I get, you very much. I get, to, <laughs> I get to the stage where it's just like I don't say things unless I truly mean them. So for sure, man. And um, so please do um, check out That's all great. the videos. Yeah, I think you've got a playlist actually going with the God of War stuff. So just like put that on, hear it multiple times. It's very dense with information, listeners. So uh, it really. Um, Bears, it bears um, hearing a few times through. I've, I've certainly um, just as I've like been either getting ready ready for work or whatever, like put one of your uh, episodes on um, just to kind of reabsorb the information, just to make sure because um, as well as the mythology itself being really dense, there's so much that can be read into. And um, I'm going to leave this with a stinger. We'll just go really quickly because I know we have the rest of our days. Will we see Sleipner? This is a hot take. Will we see Sleipner in this story, Ilias? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Yes. I think so. And we. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they're wearing t-shirts, right? <laughs> yeah. And Corey's they are. wearing t-shirt in PSX, and so was the community manager Aaron Kaufman. So yes. he's got to be in the game. <laughs> uh, and we're gonna have him as a mount, and we're gonna get we can change up the mounts and like the saddles and stuff. I'm kidding. And like. Well, it might be good. 
Ah. <laughs> oh yeah, Gulen yeah, Bessie, yeah. damn. That that Bordeaux. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so that might be a way that we get to fly up into the air. Because I remember when someone asked Corey on Twitter, they were like, Hey, are there gonna be any um sequences where we're flying in the air and we're oh fighting others? That he was like, Oh, I directed God of War Two, take from that what you um, will. you didn't <laughs> so just like, do that. What yeah. I'm gonna be beaming it at you on the way to work, just like what? Literally flying on Slebner or um yeah, that's gonna be great and we'll just We'll just uh, like Gullen burst it up <laughs> for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, yep. uh, listeners, our God of War podcast is part of the Interactive Artistry Podcast ne- Podcast Network. Um, we're on iTunes, on Podbean, and Twitter.com forward slash God of War Podcast. I won't obviously go through all the URLs. We're pretty much everywhere you can find. You know, Instagram, uh, Tumblr, Facebook. It's all under essentially anything close to God of War Podcast sort of thing. And um, Cygnus, if you if you'd care to um, just maybe share the outlets uh, for the listeners to be able to find your content. Mm. Yeah, so you can find me at www.youtube.com forward slash Cygnus HD. Um, I tried to put in just Cygnus, but YouTube wouldn't let me, so I had to put in the HD as an extra. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter. I'm very active on there now to release. Um, and that's at www.twitter.com forward slash Cygnus underscore HD. Terrific. Awesome. So yeah, our listeners follow all of our outlets for God of War affiliated content and updates and Cygnus's outlets as well, as you mentioned. And as a closing note, we here at Interactive Artistry are always looking to improve the quality of the show and tailor it to you, the audience, to make it the very best God of War podcast that it can be. Um, feel free to support us if you resonate with the content here. Um, give away sweepstakes. We also uh, really want to obviously grow the channel into its most fulfilled version of what it can be a dollar a month that's 12 bucks a year it'll allow us to just for the price of like a modest meal you'll literally be helping this um essentially fulfill uh just become the most full version of what it can be and then i am going to pressure Ilias in case he hasn't got it because you a thousand percent need a patreon buddy let's make this happen i'll go at your top oh yeah tier. let's make that happen buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah fingers crossed we'll see, we'll see how the next few months pan out okay Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, um, one more thing from me. Yes. Um, look out for my analysis of the lost pages of Norse Myth. Um, everything we know so far, and it's going to be uploaded on Wednesday next week at around 8 p.m. GMT. So look forward to that. Awesome. I'll be the first view, buddy. That's uh, going to happen. Um, <laughs> Great. So, yeah, if you're listeners, if you have any feedback please, if you, that you'd like to share, do reach out to us through the out, online outlets, as mentioned. We also have um, God of War Podcast at gmail.com. So, um, send anything through to there. And, yeah, take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. And it's time for a new beginning. Bye, guys.
Welcome listeners to the first portion of Norse lore that we'll be sharing every week here on God of War podcast. We begin with the creation of the Norse cosmos. The Norse creation myth or cosmogony, a view on the origins of the cosmos, is perhaps one of the richest of such accounts in all the world of literature. Not only is it an exceptionally colourful and entertaining story, it's also bursting with subtle meanings. Before there was soil or sky or any green thing, there was only the gaping abyss of the Gap. This chaos of perfect silence and darkness lay between the homeland of the elemental fire, Muspelheim, and the homeland of elemental ice, Niflheim. Frost from Niflheim and billowing flames from Muspelheim crept towards each other until they met in Gap. Amid the hissing and sputtering, the fire melted the ice and the drops formed themselves into Ymir, the first of the godlike giants. Ymir was a hermaphrodite, neither female nor male, and could reproduce asexually. When he sweated, more giants were born. As the frost continued to melt, a cow, Aldhumla, emerged from it. She nourished Ymir with her milk, and she, in turn, was nourished by salt licks in the ice. Her licks slowly uncovered Buri, the first of the Aesir tribe of gods. Buri had a son named Bor, who married Bestla, the daughter of the giant Bolthorn. The half-god, half-giant children of Bor and Bestla were Odin, who became the chief of the Aesir gods, and his two brothers, Vili and Ve. Odin and his brothers slew Ymir and set about constructing the world from his corpse. They fashioned the oceans from his blood, the soil from his skin and muscles, vegetation from his hair, clouds from his brains, and the sky from his skull. Four dwarves, corresponding to the four cardinal points, held Ymir's skull aloft above the earth. The gods eventually formed the first man and woman, Ask and Embla, from two tree trunks, and built a fence around their dwelling place, Midgard, to protect them from the giants. We'll be sharing these stories every week to give ourselves clarity and perhaps a perspective on how these events and these characters may be portrayed in the upcoming God of War, or reference to. We'll see how we go. For me personally, I think the creation of the cosmos would be a terrific thing to see, to perhaps open the whole game with something that could reference this and actually get to see some of this happening in real life would be something truly spectacular, and to see it rendered in that engine, I think there's a good chance that we'll either hear these events referred to, or possibly witness some of it being portrayed either in a brief cutscene or a segment at the start of the story. Um, maybe while a character is giving a monologue, like Odin for example, this can be referred to. But otherwise, this is just a really great way to start this segment of lore with the literal creation of this Norse universe, as it were. I hope you enjoyed this first segment of Norse lore from God of War Podcast, and yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode.
Amazing. Ah, it is done. It has been <laughs> yep. created into the cosmos. It now exists. Episode one of God of War podcast. Can you also, Elias? I got all the I got all the URLs. It was it was totally easy. No one like pre-booked them or anything. It was like God of War podcast. This I was like going going for it, going for broke, and everything. It's just like how how is this not like this is a ten year old franchise? How has no one like gotten God of War podcast Twitter handle? Like what? <laughs> Exactly. So, so this is so this is what I realized as well. Like, there's a very big void, yeah. just crying out for someone to just like take advantage of it and like make a business out of it. That's awesome. So you know that I mean, like I said, I realized it by doing videos on like all kinds of games. And then it was only when my God of War content started to stick that I decided to focus on that. Yeah. But I guess that's why they also say like upload as much as possible because that's when you get better. That's when you realize. Um, yeah. Uh, like the kind of stuff that you should be focusing on basically and, and, and speaking um, of that man look i couldn't have hoped for a better uh, and more suited and just more kindred uh, co-host to debut this first episode of god of war podcast in its official form so i couldn't have hoped for anyone better buddy that was very fun thank you very much <laughs> i wanted to say um i might not be able to make it to the next one that's fine uh, but definitely the week after that um just because my cousin's going to be around and uh, we'll be see taking him around london um but definitely <laughs> awesome episodes because i think we've got some planned in february and like march i assume right we do yeah and i and i sort of um uh segment them out and pass them you know as 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 you know um air dates or whatever recording dates kind of become more solid and and uh you know schedulable so to speak um i sort of put those and post those in the skype so easily manageable and again obviously okay, never, never any pressure or anything and have a great time with your cousin man and and such thank uh, you such a uh, 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 a great pleasure to meet you buddy you too man thank you very much <laughs> take care have a great rest <laughs> of the day and uh, i'll post right, you too yeah I'll, I'll post the link as soon as this is all edited and done and so you can share it on all your outlets and stuff and uh yeah we'll go forward from here take it easy man yeah, i can't wait to do that <laughs> all right <laughs> you too man have a good day have a great day all right take bye. care i'll speak to you later bye bye speak to you later man bye, bye, bye. how are you my friend yeah, I can hear you now. Perfect. Fantastic. So this just hit. Uh, this is completely out of the blue. Um, we have the Stone Mace edition just appearing. So I don't think I'd be able to uh, <laughs> record with my mind at ease if I didn't secure this immediately. So if you'll bear with me. <laughs> sure, no problem. Absolutely. So, so hold on. Yeah. There's no... Um, I was going to say you can only pre-order it from GameStop, right? Or can you order it from somewhere else? Well, um, I tend to kind of go fully comprehensive with, you know, like my approach to pre-orders is um, I'll just throw down whatever I need to in whatever outlet. And then as it appears in others, I'll then kind of cancel accordingly. So that's kind okay. of always my, been my approach from the start. So, but yeah, how have you been, man? How's your day been? Uh, yeah, I've been okay. Um, I had work, didn't finish till about, well, I finished a bit early for this podcast, <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't mind too much, so it was okay. Um, so yeah, I got home at about 5.20, I um, was just in a bit of a rush to go to the bathroom and uh, get a drink and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing very well. Everything's going, yeah, pretty well. That's so uh, how are you? I'm very well, my friend. It's a great pleasure and and um, uh, and privilege actually to to have your time and to meet you and uh, and to um yeah and and I really appreciate the time you you're taking to to kind of um yeah sort of usher in this uh, this new saga of a podcast, so to speak. I really feel, especially you know, considering your latest uh, video about that Egyptian mythology, um you know, illusions, and then we have the Mayan. You know, it's just they're name dropping left, right, and center. I mean, we we really do have a, a very defined and guaranteed 
essentially path going forward past the Norse. So I can see that's why, you know, the idea of the podcast really actually fit because it doesn't feel like it's, you know, like a contained, it's, it's going to be just contained to this. And it really is like this kind of renewal, so to speak. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to be on here, man. For sure. I'm on it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we can start with whatever topic you like. Absolutely. Uh, but right after you uh, pre-ordered the Stonemason edition. <laughs> you are you are a very yeah. intuitive young man and you know exactly what's happening with me right now. And I'm, you'll be able to hear right. Yeah. You'll be able to hear in my voice once I've got it. So do you want me to put one aside for you? Uh, no, I'm good, thanks. I'm going to wait to see where I can pre-order it in the UK. I just hope it's not a game exclusive. That's the um, thing. So, yeah, because yeah, they tend to charge absurd prices for stuff. I know, um, so, I know. You know, they'll probably charge like £150 for it as opposed to other retailers who would probably, you know, put a price tag on it of about £120. So right. I just, fingers crossed, it's not, on, it's not a game exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, for me, um, I tend to, uh, I just go play it super cautious and just go and, and yeah, as I mentioned earlier, but um, I'm very close. I'm, I'm at the PayPal portal. So um, this is literally the thing that, um, as well as obviously getting interactive artistry started, my main usage of the of the web has been to be constantly checking these uh, these outlets for news on this particular edition so that it happened literally like what a portentous thing, uh, you know, um, for like as just as I press record or rather call you on the uh, on the Skype that this would um, our awesome friend uh, DC Forever 28. He's on he's very active on the Reddit. In fact, his name is James and he uh, um, is in the God of War podcast group. So he's the MVP for tonight uh, or, or rather um, how, what, what, what's the time for you over there? It's uh, 5.54. Oh, 5.54. Easy. Awesome. Well, I'm just tying it up right now, and we should be good to go in the next three, my friend. Um, anything? No just, worries. Yeah, anything from just the latest, uh, um, yeah, from the latest kind of, uh, you know, like, for example, that, that latest article that kind of jumped out at you? Um, I mean, to be honest, they're being very reserved with what's being shown in Game Informer. So, I mean, they kind of tease like this whole like month-long coverage um, of showing new stuff. But to be honest, everything they've shown so far hasn't really stood out to me as like, oh wow, like they've just confirmed something mind-blowing. Yeah. So I mean, I think the latest one that we saw was about was it about the axe, and then before that it was about boats. So, <laughs> no, they're really so stretching it, like, it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so they're being very. I mean, in a way, I can respect it because they're trying to keep you know as much as they can. Uh, behind closed doors until the game comes out right so when yeah. you play the game it's more of a fresh experience yeah so in a way i can kind of respect it at the same time like for the fans who are salivating for more news <laughs> it's <laughs> you know really can't wait for that march release date um it's just been a bit hard for them right so it, it really it's, has. I don't know. that's right gosh yeah it is a bit like that isn't it so um but yeah no i'm i'm actually yeah like and, and i res i really do respect uh game informer for for doing that um it, it uh it's it's something it really is you know it counts towards um you know uh, to, towards like essentially you know getting any kind of news so it uh it, it really does help um but it gives us at least a guideline for discussion so that's yeah that's probably the best thing there so i'm entering my Ilyas, you won't believe this i'm entering my address and it's it's gonna happen man 
it's going to happen. That is, I, I tend to have this policy of look, it's almost like positive reinforcement with a with a pet, almost not to be um, <laughs> reductive or anything, but it's uh, you're doing well. This is precisely what I want out of either like this franchise or where the direction of this medium is going. Maturation, while still mixed in with that sort of inherent fun of games and and sort of that excitement kind of thing, and the you know everything this channel's about. So I tend to just throw my money. That's kind of how I vote with my money. Really, is like okay, Corey yeah. Barlog, go off you know ha have your tutelage with um george miller and, and like lucasfilm and like expand and become a more multifaceted adult human being who, who still has ties to that ability to have fun and, and be irreverent um and and so they're striking all the all the best chords and that's why like the po the podcast sort of came naturally from that so awesome mm. awesome okay well putting in my damn address now and i'll just shut up and get this done so that i can stop wasting your time um actually do you have a, a, a set time limit um about two hours fantastic so yeah. yeah we can record until about eight o'clock or if you want to finish before that that's fine brilliant um yeah i'm open to that and i think it's it's good to throw your money at these kind of things anyway because yeah. in a world where publishers like ea and activision are increasingly taking the piss yeah um that, i mean at the same time it means you shouldn't buy their games but the ones that you do really like you should support yeah so agreed definitely mm. what's what are other games for you are on the horizon we just did a, a recording for red dead redemption which was super expansive we actually fit in a bit of talk about westworld and like how it's basically going to be a proto proto westworld essentially with that red dead online kind of thing that's being alluded to um anything else that's on the horizon for you apart from uh, god of war yes uh red dead 2 i'm definitely very excited for the original one was probably yeah, it's probably my favorite open world game of all time. So awesome. definitely looking forward to this one, seeing John Marston again. Um, but the thing is, I mean, I want to get excited for Red Dead Online as well. But like Take-Two are also saying that they want to push microtransactions in their games. Yeah. And obviously those shark cards are a big part of GTA Online. So again, it's like I'm finding myself not very excited for the online, but definitely you know, looking forward to the single player. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, what else? Spider-Man. Yes, I'd love... To play the new spider-man game uh spider-man 2 was so good i loved yeah. it on the ps2 i played it so much uh, me too so, me too <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was a great game <laughs> it really was yeah i got yeah, so yeah. much out so, of that i got invited actually to where uh, there was a competition here in canberra and i was super young it was like 2001 whenever that first film came out with toby Maguire, and um yep. there was um you know we had this program here i'm not sure if you had something are you in the uk by any chance uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in London. London, fantastic. Love that place we went in 2015. Really, really awesome. Um, yeah, my girlfriend and I. Um, yeah, so here in Australia, we had this sort of children's program called Cheese TV. And there was that question where they ask. And you, you, usually, if you ever, like, back then, it was all about calling up. It's like, oh, you phone up, phone this number, and you answer this question. And the question was, who is Peter Park's alter ego? And I was like, <laughs> right, right. And I was super young. Right. Oh, sorry. Who's Spider-Man's alter ego? I was super young, so I thought alter ego meant nemesis, like alter ego. Like you, you, I thought it meant enemy. So, and I called up with my little uh, nine or ten-year-old voice, and I was like, "Oh, Venom! It's totally Venom!" <laughs> and then I put down, and and then my mom slowly kind of took me aside and said, "By the way, that like." that's great but that's that's you know that's his arch nemesis not alter ego you got that confused and i was bawling and wailing and wailing and um and and what <laughs> and and so i called up like sniffling just like i'm sorry i know i called i said venom i meant peter parker please please consider my you know entry and they may have 
like possibly that who knows like who answers these phone calls took pity on me and they're like fine and so i uh, ended up seeing the premiere for that for that i'm really looking forward to that new it looks like the be all end all spider-man game frankly yeah yeah that's why i'm really looking forward to it. i mean we haven't really had a great spider-man game well an open world one since spider-man 2 some would argue ultimate spider-man that was okay but i mean there was spider-man shattered dimensions as well but that wasn't really open world and it was kind of a different take um but yeah so that's why i'm really looking forward to, to spider-man on ps4 it just looks, it just looks great um i really hope it hits 2018 i think a developer came forward recently to say it is but i don't know like something in the back of my mind just says it might get delayed <laughs> uh, yeah spider-man i'm really looking forward to uh what else is there you're a big days um, gone kind of guy I, i've been posting on the days of days gone reddit but anything about that one kind of jump out at you maybe i mean so far what they've shown looks a bit rough it looks cool but at the same time i don't know it just looks a bit janky yeah but um i'm definitely open to to seeing what that game has in store for us yeah i'll probably check it out on day one but i'm not like super looking forward to it not as much as i am to like red dead spider-man god of war incredible um, yeah yeah definitely well let's crack on so um, i'm here to read from the screen to you thanks for your order sign in or sign up now blah 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 we've sailed this order which is really good um and i have my order number there and life is life can continue now Elias. i usually try to stay pretty composed but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know i even posted it in, in the skype it's like behind this you know james was getting a bit self-conscious it's like sometimes i just feel like i'm i'm just a blibbering kind of god machine god of war god of war hype machine i'm like buddy we do take this kind of deeper angles and yourself with your videos, which I'll be sure to, to talk some sugar about you at the very start of the episode. Nothing smoke blowy or, or super loud of hyperbole kind of stuff. Like genuinely, um, Ilias, you make the best God of War analysis content on the web. So you just take that now, okay? You keep that. Oh, thank you. you keep, yeah, keep it means that a lot. In a little satchel, a little satchel of ash to take with you. You, you keep that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, the truth is, YouTube yeah. was a struggle for me, right? Yeah. So I remember when I first started out and no one was really watching my videos. I didn't quite get it. Um, but I think it's because, I mean, there are three trends that I've identified to do well in YouTube. So the first one is personality. Um, I don't know that I could do well on the personality front. So the second one is also like focusing on a particular game. So like you've got Death Stranding like yeah. and like Metal Gear and like Kojima stuff, right? That's how he got famous. Mm. And then you've got Robin Gaming on the Uncharted. Yes. And then you have um and then the third trend is more about like people who already had a background in in journalism. So people already got to know them that way. And then they can just cover whatever they want and people watch it. So like Jim Sterling and like some of the guys from Kind of Funny and stuff like that. So yeah. It turned out the second one was what really worked for me. And it was just a matter of like throwing as much shit as I could at the wall and seeing what stuck. Um, and then it turns out that like God of War was the one that everyone started latching onto. Mm. And then I avoid here, there isn't anyone else that's kind of doing content on this level of quality for God of War. And it's kind of come full circle for me because God of War was really the game that got me serious about games. Yeah. So that was when I started watching E3, reading reviews, um, you know, being on the lookout for news all the time. So definitely you know that was so it's, it's it's great for it to be god of war as opposed to like another game i think it's perfect definitely speaking of god of war why not let's just crack on with the episode i know i've cut a little bit maybe not hopefully not anything over 10 minutes of uh of um, you know our sort of intended airtime or rather recording time so i'll just quickly post just to kind of you know be good with karma i'll just quickly post to the reddit um stone mason edition available now It'll be just sure. the most, you know, unrefined, you know, no flourish post, just like go, 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 you know, 
Tion <laughs> available. Ilyas, that name. What origin is that? If I if if it's not prying to ask. No, no, no. Um, it's um Moroccan. Moroccan. Get out of here, yeah. you, with your amazing yeah. ethnicities. Gosh, I just feel <laughs> like an old, boring, like stump in the forest. Like Albert is just the the prototypical boring British name to me. <laughs> so Ilias yeah, just yeah. sounds like you're a conjurer of some kind. I think you'll be an NPC. You'll be a merchant in the game, Ilias. You know, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I was born in I was born in London, but my parents were Morocco. Fantastic. So that's why. Yeah, awesome. Well, my girlfriend is uh, half Egyptian, uh, half Bangladesh, but with like Moroccan ancestry. So that's really, really oh nice cool, for show. Yeah. Right now, I'm a sensible, reasonable, rational thinking human being again. You are inhumanly patient, by the way, uh, because I know you set this time aside. And literally, it's just the craziness of the cosmos. So we'll dive into all that good stuff. But yeah, thanks for um, bearing with me as I kind of uh, frantically ordered that thing. So I'll just uh, bring up the show notes now and we'll get started. So I'll just do a kind of three, two, one. And, and it's all just we're sort of feeling it out anyway. But um, if you did want to kind of have a look at what I've sort of got uh, in mind, there's that those show notes there that I sent you. So if you have those open your, on your computer, we can just sort of follow. Uh, on there. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's, Let me just go to... Yeah. Where are the show notes? Oh yeah, I just posted them to our thread in 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 Reddit. Uh, sorry, in uh, in Skype. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't right. wor- I wouldn't worry too much. I'm just basically going to be interviewing you, and you don't really need notes for that. So. All right. Cool. And, and uh, yeah, that's fine. Awesome. And yeah, also yeah. Uh, um, it, and again, what I what I found, what I find, what I've been finding recently with all my sort of interactive artistry, like co-hosts, including yourself, is that it tends not to even really be necessary because just like preternaturally, again, like inherently, uh, who I've been sort of discussing this material with, always end up having this sort of automatic kind of self-checking way of phrasing themselves super articulately, super articulately and cogently, and within two minutes of like speaking with you in person without us, like as in you know, you, uh, I'm assuming uh, unless it's like you know some crazy um, level of just being able to articulate articulate yourself with your fit with your videos, but I'm sure are those scripted there, obviously with the, your oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> My videos are scripted, dude. I can't. Like, when I go off the cuff, yeah. I can't like. I can't talk on the level that I can when it's scripted. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, so yeah, yeah. So I dig it, but yeah, I just wanted to say, like, I appreciate it. and you know, I definitely, it's something I, I've uh, I've picked up. Uh, yeah, within a couple of minutes of speaking to you, it's like this guy can uh, really express himself quite cogently. It hasn't fallen apart yet, so let's not jinx it. Um, fantastic. Nah, say. even even if it does fall apart, like you can just like edit it. Out. <laughs> But it, awesome. it won't anyway. Like, yeah. like I mean, so far the the past like ten minutes have gone really well. So I don't think I dig it, man. I don't think, but yeah, For it's sure. all very natural. Nice. Well, I'll just shake your hand one more time in the green room, pre-recording, pre-show thing, and I'll just uh, count us down. So and a three, and two, and one. <laughs>